Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, you should have never mixed me and bust up. It's a lethal combination. In the beat goes. Yeah, hallway and T-Bone. What y'all know about that? Let's go. I'm trying to change this music, my nizzle, it's official I'm tired of hearing hitters that whistle and sizzle When gangsters pull out their pistols I'm like only trying to get in the middle and settle The difference is too many rappers is tripping Don't nobody want to listen Plus I'm tired of all the cussing and cursing So I started rehearsing, working on converting a better version But every person that's hurting, lurking, searching for life's purpose Feeling suicidal and worthless, but you ain't certain If you're ready to die, leave this earth's surface And cross over and see what's on the other side of this life's curtain Call me the Moses of rap, taking it back to the days When it's all the fact was
Blog Talk Radio. This is the Network, the Five Smooth Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth, and I just thank the Father, Yahweh of Israel, for another opportunity to magnify His name, magnify His creation, um, just bring glory to His 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 omnipresent glory that's everywhere. And in all of us, I said it again. I just want to thank the Father for allowing us another opportunity to to worship Him by way of talking about His creation and the blessings of His creation, and even some of the challenges of His creation. I really mean that. I just thank the Father for life. So much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for, brothers and sisters. I know there's a lot going around. A lot going on around us. And there's a whole lot going on inside of us. And then there's a whole lot of things that we are doing to others, uh, be it blessings or not so good things we're doing to others. A lot going on, a lot going on, a lot going on. And tonight on this network, we're just discussing human behavior. We are just having a giant fireside chat with brothers and sisters all over the country, if not the world, or all over, you know, because we get phone calls from all over the place, but more importantly, probably the United States, uh, discussing solutions, remedies, challenges facing a certain group of people that we call African Americans, and within that uh, group of people, uh, we're, we're looking at the spotlight is on the so-called black man. These are new names, new terms put on the people. Here at this five-school vote network, of course, we believe uh, that's those that are frequent hosts and co-hosts, uh, I mean, excuse me, co-hosts believe, and myself, the host, believe that we are indeed Israelites. We who, the African Americans of North America, we believe is one of the lost tribes of Israel scattered. But don't want to get too deep into that. Mainly, we're just talking about African Americans. Most of you know us by African Americans, and we'll work with Africans to Americans. African Americans tonight. We'll work with the term black tonight. But make no promise about it. We're talking about a group of people loved and treasured and valued highly, highly by the Most High. The Most High loved the so called African American. Why do we have to say that? Because if you listen to some people, if you listen to some history, if you listen to some perspectives, you might doubt that. So tonight, specifically, what are we talking, about, Brother Seth? We're talking about survival skills for black men in white supremacist America. One more time, survival skills for black men, if I should say so-called black men, in white supremacist America. I went on and sent this out to many of you via text, email. I, I text this to many of you, and it says, Topic, Survival Skills for Black Men and White Supremacy America, Final Part. I went on to type, again, keeping it 100 Tuesday night, we talk about vital issues facing black men in society, in their families, and in themselves. One more time. Again, we're keeping it 100 Tuesday night as we talk about vital issues facing black men in society, in their families, and in themselves. Some of life's biggest questions or belief for black men are, who am I? What is my purpose? 
when are people coming up? How am I to protect myself and my family? Here's another thing they say. How do I deal with today's black woman? How can I get money faster? Y'all know they're saying that. Who am I? Excuse me. Why am I always misunderstood by society? Why am I always misunderstood by society? Wow, if I got a dollar for every time somebody asks that. Why me? Some people say it like that. And then here's another, um, like we say, these are beliefs or, or emotions or feelings of the so-called black men. Some of these may fit others more than others. But sometimes I feel it's me against the world. That's a popular one. I never feel good enough or appreciated for what I do. My goodness, that's a strong one right there. And the final, final ones are, why is it so hard for us? Why is it so hard for African Americans? Many black men have said that. Why is it so hard for us as a people? And then there is, where is God and I don't need the church? These thoughts, feelings, emotions, realities, really, is what we will be discussing tonight but with solutions, with solutions. And remember, like I said and have been saying this whole series, Family and Friends, the scripture says it like this, where there are two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. So I guess what I'm saying tonight is, Family and Friends, don't underestimate us coming together tonight. Don't underestimate the two or more gathered right now in his name. We may not be all official and holding hands and praying and all of that, but in his name just means come as Christ come. Be as Christ is. Seek the Father as Christ sought the Father. And while many of you tuning in tonight might not be in a spiritual mood, some of y'all may be even drinking or smoking or having a good time, as you call it, just know. There are people on this line that want truth, insight, knowledge into the so-called black man. They want to know what is he going through, including some of them. What's happening? All of those questions I brought up and those feelings. And when you do that, and if you're seeking the Father for answers, because that's really what we're doing. We're just not going to make it to Bible study. We ain't going to go to church. But make no qualms about it. I'm a believer. That's my conviction. That's my map. That's how I try to live. Now, whether or not I do good, some of you may think so. Some of you may not care for how I do certain things. But I am trying, I can assure you, to put out truth tonight to liberate our people, our young men, and even those that are outside so-called African Americans, those other ethnic groups that may tune into the show, this show is for them as well to get an understanding on what's happening with your brother you work with, your brother who uh, you go to church with, your brother who you see throughout your society, the so-called black man. But this show really is for everyone. Welcome. I welcome every single one of you to this Five Smooth Stone Network. You will be valued here. Uh, your thoughts to be valued here. We may not agree with you, 
but everyone's thoughts is valuable because we are we we are asking that you come with uh, with with uh, with your heart in your hand, so to speak. In other words, don't come with no drama. Let's be real. Let's be open. Let's talk about this because our young boys and even black men in general has a challenge before them. Yes, all men have challenges. All men have challenges. I know that. We know that. But you and I both know that this African-American male in North America, there is something about him. And yes, there is crosshairs on his back. But we also believe over here at Five Smooth Stones in Psalms 91 that says, talks about the protection. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. We believe that if that black man seek the Father, tune in to the Father, come to the Father with his heart, humble himself, come to the Father, believe in the Son and what he has preached throughout the Scriptures, we believe that there's protection for that African-American man. Everybody's not going through the same thing. And you, some of you might call it luck, but you can't keep, it, can't keep calling things luck when there are some people grew up growing up in those same hoods with shooting and robbing and everything all around them, and they never taste the scent of danger because there's something about them. So we do believe in angelic protection over at Five Smooth Stone Network. We do believe in the Most High's power. We do believe in some things not even coming near your dwelling. Does that mean if things come up at your dwelling that you're not a believer? It don't mean that. It just means you may not know your rights. You may not know what the Father has promised. There's a lot of people going to church, but not everybody is taught. There's some people that's not in church, and they know more about their rights as a child of the Most High than some people that start church two times a week. So, But I'm not saying, of course, not to fellowship and not to go to church. The scripture commands us not to be an island unto ourselves. So uh, we're going to go ahead and bring on the guests in a little bit, but right now I just ask that everyone that's going to uh, be guests on the show tonight to press one, and I'll bring you on here in a little bit. I have to do a few more preliminaries, and then we'll bring you on. But I just want everybody to know what, what this show is about, a little bit about what this show is about tonight, and what it's not about. So again, tonight's show is on the topic we're going to be talking about survival skills for black men in white supremacist America. White supremacy, the working definition, this will be the first definition I'll give tonight. White supremacy is not a people. White supremacy is not a people. White supremacy is not a people. It is a philosophy that is housed mentally by anyone that believes it. And you will find out tonight, uh, as you have found out in the last two shows, that a lot of African-American houses as much white supremacy as so-called white people do because it's just a philosophy. And it's hard, it's hard to think you're superior when you live with your uncle and your aunt and you know how they live. No matter how much money they got, a lot of our white brothers and sisters know they're not superior. They know their shortcomings. They have a mirror at home. They look at it every day. They have relatives. They see all kind of issues around their homes and around their uh, loved ones that they care about and they should care about. 
they see that they're not superior. But oftentimes when they walk outside their home, when they come in contact with African Americans and other minorities, there's this this perpetrating of being superior, and there's these lies that they don't always check their fellow so-called white counterparts, and they allow these lies to, to just go throughout society and, and years and decades and centuries past, and they can keep perpetuating these lies about white people and white culture and white thought when they know indeed they're not superior. But I tell you who don't know that the lies are lies, and that is the people oftentimes that they're telling them to. Not all of them, not all of them, not all of them, but a lot of times many African Americans don't do research. We don't have time. We got lives to live, and we don't. We have don't have time to study this history and all of that. And we believe what we are told by the media, et cetera, et cetera. And so we buy into this lie of white supremacy in some way or another. Okay, uh, I, you know, and so what I'm saying to everybody is. Again, the show, the name of the show is Survival Skills for Black Men in White Supremacist America. I'm just defining white supremacy because we can't build anything unless we know where we're going. So the show is about survival skills for black men in America, but white supremacist America. And I'm just defining what that is. Again, a lot of our white brothers and sisters, believe it or not, are not as white. They don't believe in white supremacy as you think they do. If they're lying. It's deception. Again, not all. I'm not going to say. I'm, I'm going to say not even most. But there's a lot of them that know better. They know better. They know better. The ones that don't know better, that believe they stuff don't stink, has been lied to by those in power, and they're uneducated as well. That's when you get a bunch of this KKK and a lot of these skinhead people. They just some a lot of people are uneducated. They just don't know some of them. Some of them know better than they just lying, but the people who don't know is what I'm trying to say tonight. The white supremacists who don't know a lot of what our white brothers and sisters are saying about who they are, what America is, how great they are, how great America is, we're number one, and a whole bunch of other just bogus lies. You know, you have to say, what are we number one in? You know, we might have the biggest military, we may have the biggest this, but we have the, the, the most divorces, the, the highest population of prisoners. So a lot of stuff we just perpetuate, we just regurgitate when we hear. So a lot of us is buying into these lives of white supremacy. And I'll get more into this a little later on, just laying the foundation quickly, and then I'm going to bring on the guests. Got to do this, got to do this. A lot of us, because we don't read and research and study, and we don't care to think about a lot of these things, we just believe it. So we are what you call, by definition of the dictionary, white supremacists, believing in whites being superior in any form. We believe that because we don't know the truth, because we don't research. Whites, on the other hand, that say a bunch of these things, Africa's not good, you know, we're the, we're the, we're the best, we're the smartest, we came here and built America, all these lies, lies, lies. Whites, some of them know better. So they're just telling lies, and they're being deceitful and just flat-out evil. Blacks, on the other hand, don't know that. And when you believe that and you begin to start acting out, you can't help but to act out. All of us can't help out what we believe. That is the definition of a white supremacist. So many of you are thinking white supremacists, white power, white power. Well, that's 
That's the ignorant ones that don't know the true history. They trying to, some of them mean well, and they saying white power because what, according to what they know in their head, they really feel like they're superior because they haven't been taught true world history, et cetera, et cetera. But then there are other whites that are very educated, the kind that teaches at Harvard and Yale that know about true history, those that really that teach history, I mean. They know better. Then a lot of blacks know better. So they can't be white supremacists because they know. They, they know true history. They, they know who the original Hebrews were. They know who the original people of the earth were. They know that there was no Europe when there was thousands of years of Africa. In other words, Africa survived and lived and had all types of culture and science and, and medicine and, and just civilization thousands and thousands and thousands of years before one book was wrote in Europe. So no white person really is from France, Germany, all these things. That's just temporary home. That's where they come from lately, the neo, if you would say, European. But everybody initially is from the motherland. That is the true education. And those of us that have studied and studied and studied that, we're ridding ourselves from white supremacy. But those who don't care about these kind of things, they don't like it, make them feel uncomfortable. You just want to read the paper. You just want to dance. You just want to go to work. You want to do two jobs. You don't have time to do it. Well, if you don't know no better, you was raised in America, educated in America. I don't care if you have a Ph.D. You have white supremacy in you. That's what the hosts of this show tonight present. Now, my guests may come on uh, and say something completely different. I'm just speaking for myself right now. This is what we talk about all the time at this network called Five Smooth Song. So having said that, those of you that have been following since 2011, I want to remind everyone to go ahead and follow the show. Follow the show. Follow the Five Smooth Song Network, please. Um, it, blog Talk treats treat us a little bit better when we have millions of followers or thousands of followers, and we don't have it. We have hundreds, a couple of hundred, but we don't have the numbers to get the respect. And we should get the respect because we're paying money. That's the you blog talk. We're paying money every month. Um, so, again, if you like the show, as many of you have sent emails, texts, simply follow the show. That would be wonderful. That link that we sent to you today or yesterday, go ahead and click the follow button on that and uh, it'll ask you to sign into your Facebook or Twitter it's not going to make you uh, it's not going to do anything to your settings anything it's just simply trying to uh, set up the uh, reminder you'll get a reminder sent every time we do a show follow the show again I can't say it enough if you missed last week's show you missed a treat again we talked about again survival skills for black men in white supremacist America and uh, we had a part one and a part two so all you have to do to get any of those shows is Google Five a Song Blog Talk Radio, and uh, you will be able to get all of the, both of those shows, and really all of our 405 shows, any of the shows. Like I said, we go deeper into what I was talking about earlier about blacks being uh, some of the biggest white supremacists in America and uh, how that works, how it's a philosophy and not a people. Now, having said that, I will move on, switch gears, and talk about some of and guests. Again, if you're going to be on the show tonight, go ahead and press 1. I'm going to get ready to on here in a second. I want to go ahead and give a special message out to the person at Blog Talk Radio that did not put our show out there. Uh, we talked heavily about white supremacy, and I know what happened because I go through this all the time. If you are hating on this show, remember we're believers. And I'm the type of believer, I believe that God curses my enemies. And if y'all are messing with my shows, I'm going to tell you right now, you're messing with the wrong program. 
you're messing with the wrong shows. The Bible says, touch not mine and to do my prophets no harm. You mess with this show and you watch what happened in your own personal life, okay? And I mean that I'm very serious. It's not fair for us to pay every single month for years and years and years, and you decide you don't like something. We say, this is America's freedom of speech, y'all say, and you do not have the right to tamper with my show. And then you take off 25 minutes after I... After I blow up y'all's email saying put my show back, you finally put it back, and then you take off the last 25 minutes. So I'm going to repeat now what I said to the callers last week since you turned the show off or cut the show. I think you was offended by the statement. I'm going to talk about it even more tonight and maybe even next week. So if you, what you'll do is piss me off, and I'll mess around and do a series on this, okay? But we're going to deal with white supremacy. I've said it over and over and over. This is not about white people, but about a philosophy. And I keep saying over and over and over that our people, so-called black people, are some of the biggest white supremacists. I don't know why y'all be offended by that. Okay, so let me repeat what I said last week that may, when you turn out, when you cut our show up, when you when you trimmed our show after I said this. I said that Louis Farrakhan said that God made man, but white people made niggas. What that means is God made black people normal, so-called black people normal. It's a new term. There's no such thing as a people based on color. There's just one humanity with various colors, but no people is a white people or a black people. That was all started in 1681. We talk more about that, I think, part one. But Louis Farrakhan was correct. Louis Farrakhan was correct. God did make us mankind. He made us from the dust of the earth. The first man was made from the dust of the earth. Yes, he made, and he said it was good. There was nothing wrong with that man. But later on, after we became various nations and a certain nation became Israelites, the Father promised certain things that would happen to that people. And I'm coming to you, guess. And he said if they disobeyed certain things would happen, and one of them they would be scattered throughout the planet in ships. We believe we are that people because we were brought here in ships and we live all the prophecies scattered throughout the whole Bible. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I believe we're Israelites. But I could be wrong. Farrakhan simply said that God made us human beings. But whites come along, some whites, maybe not your people, I don't know, and they begin to lie to us and say and try to stop us from reading and different things. We became animals. We start behaving like animals. You see what they're doing to us educationally. So that's what he meant by God made man, white folks made niggas. So please don't be tampered with my shows because you're offended playing God as you tamper with your own life, okay? Having said that, again, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Five Smooth Stone Network. Brother Seth is not just out of character. I'm just, you just had to rebuke them because it's not fair. Folks, it's not fair. These shows are not free. And I've been on this blog network probably longer than the person that cut that show. Again, playing God. So, again, last week we had a blast uh, with Taurus. Our guest tonight is going to be again, Rotari Smith. He's going to be on Purcell Porsche from uh, Taurus is from Fort Worth, Texas. Purcell Porsche, we're going to have him on again tonight from Cincinnati, Ohio. John Clark is no one able, was not able to come, and then we have the uh, Mr. Kevin Thompson, a, a new guest that's going to be on tonight, uh, uh, real estate. Um, 
a realtor, among other things, and he's going to be on. And uh, the goal of the really Taurus as well as Kevin, I've asked them to come on because they're younger, a younger generation than Purcell and myself, and they really are not trying to be super, uh, you know, theologians or anything like that. They just want to tell us about what's happening in the streets more like, and they're not in the streets right now, I don't think, but they they understand that culture is what I'm trying to say, and that's what they're here for. The, the younger gentleman, again, Kevin Thompson and Taurus Smith, or Taurus Smith, is on the show tonight as co-host to kind of help us understand the, the heartbeat of young people. That's their goal. Priscilla and I, being older, we kind of, I would like to think, represent wisdom, but that don't mean Taurus don't have something none of us don't know. They don't mean Kevin don't have some, some pointers that none of us know. So just know that. But we are older, Priscilla and I, we just kind of want to try to make some sense out of what our young uh, men are going through, and like I said before, uh, listeners, remember, the scripture says, but two or more gathered in my name, there I'm in the midst. Do not underestimate what you're about to experience. Don't do it. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. Let's uh, see who we got here. Okay. I think I'm going to go ahead and go to Purcell Crochet. Okay, Erico 504-952, that's a, a Louisiana number, but I know this is Purcell Porsche all the way in Cincinnati, Ohio. Purcell, are you there? I'm here, my brother. Well, how are you doing, my brother? Doing very well, man, doing very well. So glad to be on. Well, say hello to the people. They're good. I'm sure they, it's good to hear your voice again, they would say. Hello, people. Uh, so glad you all tuned in to hear... What does say at the Lord tonight? Uh, we are excited about what God is doing in our community. I know it looks like um, things are going awry, but I am one who believes that God is in control, and it will all work together for the good for those of us who love God and are be called according to His purpose, according to Scripture, Romans eight. And 28 um, Again I'm excited about being on I'm excited about this opportunity um, And I'm excited About what God is doing Because um, um, God is in the details um, So Sit back relax And put on your headgear Get ready for a shift In the atmosphere <laughs> Yeah, what what's that, Seth? What was you gonna say? Uh, like no, 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 no. I was just uh, I I got I just realized I have to call somebody. So let's do this. I'm gonna go ahead and ask, bring on Taurus, and get him to introduce himself, and then we're gonna bring on our other guests. I gotta make a phone call, Percy. If you can kind of run with this for a second. But let's go let's go to the phone lines and bring on. I think this is Taurus, our second guest, and then the third guest I may have to call. But here we go. Here, uh, Erico eight one seven. Eight nine one, Mr. Taurus Smith, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How y'all doing? Um, doing no, great, Taurus. Good, good to hear your voice. I'm gonna go ahead and call Kevin. Everybody, we had a little trouble again. Blog Talk is charging some of our uh, uh, callers, and they shouldn't be doing that. Another reason why I'm kind of upset with them. So, Percep, you and Taurus can kind of talk about some of the comments I made earlier. And Taurus, why don't you go first though and reintroduce yourself? And, uh, and and then, first up, y'all can talk about any of the comments I said earlier. I'm going to let you run with this person. I'll be right back, everybody, okay? 
Okay. So go ahead, Taurus. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm back. I'm tired. You know, this is my uncle, so, you know, I'm just tuning in, support, chime in when I need to, get my viewpoints and stuff like that. Yeah, How you yeah. doing, Priscilla? Doing well, man. How about you? Yeah, I'm all right, man. I had to come out and sit in the car because the kids in the house, so, you know. Okay. Okay. You make it work. We had a great show, uh, great show last week. Um, a lot of different points of view came came to the forefront. Um, we had a couple of guests on. Um, one guy, from what I understand, was very uh, financially savvy. Um, he talked to us a little bit about getting together, um, putting your skin yourself out there. Um, Petitioning some people um, um, I think we were talking about um, Help me out Taurus uh, If you can If you can recall um, Everybody was like Everybody was just pretty much Putting their viewpoints in On their aspects on the whole topic And um, We're just talking to So of course that's going to be but it's pretty much all over the place. You know, you can talk about one thing and the conversation will be so deep or you can so in-depth on what you're talking about, you get a little bit off track. So hopefully it'll be a little bit better. We can stick to the top and then when we deviate from that, we can all get back on track and keep it all. That way everybody be in tune with the conversation so they don't get lost. Okay. Okay. Uh, sorry to interrupt the talks, but I'm yeah. back. Um, what was you guys? Did I miss anything? No, no, we, we just, just were kind of recapping a little bit about what we did talk about on last week. Um, okay. One of the things that comes to mind that we were talking about. Well, hold, 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 hold on a second. I got, I got Kevin on the line. To, uh, for sale. Hold oh, okay. on one second. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so the third co-host we do have now, and that's Mr. Kevin, all the way from, um, I think, I, I think Kevin is in, well, we'll let him tell you where, he's, where what city he's calling from. Anyway, Eric code six one nine two five four, Mr. Kevin, all the way, um, Kevin Thompson, all the way from Fort Worth, I think. Kevin, you in Fort Worth? I'm in Bedford. Bedford, okay, so that's why I don't want to say. But anyway, yeah. go ahead and say hello to the Blog Talk Radio and the Possible Stone Network to say hi. Remember, everybody, you got to keep the background crispy quiet. I mean, no noise. If you got to do something, mute me. If you're not talking, mute me if there's noise, okay? All right, so everybody keep the lines. And Kevin, go ahead and just say hello to people, please. Hey, how y'all doing? How everybody doing? Well, we want to tell you a little bit about yourself, just a quick, like a two-minute bio, just what you do, and uh, anything you want to be able to know. What I do? Okay, so I work at a Union Gospel Mission. I've been up there for about three years. I just graduated with my master's degree in social work last year in August. And uh, I just got my real estate license last year in July and uh, just been dabbling in that and, and going to work for the 9 to 5. Well, anyway, well, that, that's good. And uh sounds like a lot of, uh, um, like you've been busy there. appreciate that. Well, listen, welcome to the show, man. Like uh, like I've said to Tars and Purcell and John, welcome to the Five Smooth Stone Network. Uh, nephew, we just going these are both of my both of these are my nephew, everybody. If y'all hadn't already heard me say that. And they're gonna be on tonight just talking about life as a black man. Uh 
Uh, I, I messed up with Taurus last yes last week saying stuff I didn't. I thought he had already said. So I'm not going to go to volunteer no information unless y'all want to put it out there. Again, y'all got a lot of black men listening, uh, probably some sisters as well. You got other ethnic groups, and ain't just black. This show reaches all types of people, all types of ethnic groups, and they're trying to get an understanding on what is this uh, survival skills. Or, you know, what survival skills do the black men need? You know, so we... Uh, we are two or more gathered, and uh, we, I, we're seeking the Father. We're not just philosophizing. I don't, I've tried. I, 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 I've said it very clear. Uh, Christelle kind of reiterated earlier. We're here to get the wisdom from the Most High as far as what is going on with the black man and solutions. Now, we, I lose that term black man loosely because there's no such thing as a people based upon a color. That's ridiculous. I wish they had never started that in 1681. Um uh, when after Baker's Rebellion and, and, and the powers that be wanted to divide the people up, and so they create, come up with this class called Black and White after the Baker's Rebellion. Many of you in high school, many of you in your high school years might remember that. But that's when they started calling everybody Black and White around 1681, around that time frame. You can all go Google this and all types of history. Uh, get this out of the history books in any library. But anyway, we're not black men. We said it because if I say another name, y'all might we might all go might not agree, okay? So if that, that, we'll just use that for tonight of uh, the black man. So like I said, Kevin, welcome to the show, man. Uh, I want to just say a few more things. I know I'm talking a lot, but I gotta lay this stuff down because if we don't know where we're going, how are we gonna how are we gonna know where we're going? I'm coming to your area code nine one eight. We already got a hand that went up. How are we gonna know family and friends that's tuning in tonight? This is a very confusing show if we don't know where we're going. we got to agree on what the problem is, which I think we do. I'm not going to go over that because I think we all agree that there's a problem with the black man. That's, that's something we sure know. And then we gotta under, we got to agree on what the answer is. Because what I call the answer, y'all might not call the answer. What I call success, you may not call success. What I call where we're going, the journey, the destination... I might be talking about going to Tulsa. Y'all talking about going to L.A. Well, how can we agree? How can we build a house, Kevin, if I'm saying a a, a, a foot is three inches and you're saying a foot is 12 inches and Taurus is saying a foot is a yard? So I want to kind of really quickly say this, and then we're going to come to your caller. The working definition as far as the host is concerned, when Taurus speaks, he's going to let you know what he thinks success is, and guess what? We ain't gonna go back and forth with it. If he, I, I want everybody to see how black men are different. We all don't agree. These are strong personalities. On I can tell y'all right now, Kevin ain't gonna agree with none of y'all. Don't agree with Taurus ain't gonna agree with none of y'all. Agree with, and I know Priscilla. So we're strong personalities. So I'm gonna speak for myself, the host, briefly, and then I'm gonna allow them to come behind me. But um, and then we're gonna come to this. Uh, Caller, I know that's, that's going to take a minute, uh, area code 918, but we're coming at you, okay, 378, we're coming for you. Please be patient with us. I'm going to try to do this in a minute, and then, uh, Kevin, you can go, and then Tosh, you can go, and then Purcell, you can go. Here's what Brother Seth believes in success. I do not think because you uh, arrive at a million dollars or two or even a billion dollars, you're a success. That's too broad of a word. The Bible doesn't cost, the, the Bible doesn't nowhere say that say that. What you have become is successful as far as acquiring a billion dollars. 
That's what you did illegal. That's if you didn't mess up lives on the way. If you go robbing banks and you come across a billion dollars, is that success according to the Bible? No. But if you go into this system within the guidelines of the law and you work hard and you wind up with a billion dollars, that is success. But I don't know, is it? Because what if you never spend no time with your kids? What if you have a bad marriage? And it's because you're seeking this money, 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 money. Now you're there. Should you be writing books? Should you be going on tours? Should you be trying to articulate on all types of talk shows and now you want to run for president because you're all of a sudden a billionaire? That's not according to the Bible I read. So what is success financially? It's when you do things God's way and you stick with the plan and you follow him and it ends up you having a million dollars. He may give you an idea. Start this. Do this with steel. Do this with lumber. Do this with timber. Here's an invention. I come up with some invention. All of a sudden, bam, you're rich. Okay. You have a testimony. You can write a book and all these things. But you're not a success in the arena of health. You're not, you can't go telling preachers what to do in the spirituality. You just successfully reach your goal financially. That's all. Kevin was talking about a degree. I think he is a success as far as obtaining a degree. Kevin could give seminars on how to get a degree because he got a degree. But Kevin can't write books on telling preachers what to do unless he spent quality time doing what preachers do. He can't go to a doctor's and operating room and start talking about he's successful and he can be. He can't. He can't. He won't even invite you in that room. So what is success? What is it? There's women who don't know none of this stuff, and they raise some, some kids, and those kids are brilliant, and they don't have much money. Are they a success? That's why I use that word very lightly. It depends on what you're talking about. Go ahead, Kevin, and then go ahead, Taurus. And then go ahead, um, Kevin, actually don't want to put you on the spot. You just came on the line. Why don't you go ahead, Purcell, then Taurus, and then Kevin. And, and make it about two minutes. Right. I know I'm probably with four. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. What is success? I believe success is being, a, being in a position to prosper. That's what I believe success is. I believe success is pleasing God. Because the Bible said in Proverbs 16 and 7, when a man's ways please the Lord, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. Um, so, yeah, I believe success is being in a position to prosper um, as well as pleasing God. Um I also believe that success is knowing who you are. Because when you know who you are, you can actually tap into, um, you, can, you can literally tap into success. Because you'll understand what your purpose is. When you know who you are, you tap into your purpose and you tap into um, success So yeah very simply I just believe Success is knowing who you are Pleasing God And being in a position Of process uh, Last thing I'm going to say about that Is the scripture also said In 3 John chapter 1 
verse number two. It says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So the number one thing for me, I guess, uh, to sum it all up, will really, will really just be to please God uh, for me. That's for me. Um, and that's where I'm at. Okay. Now, this is what I'm going to do with Taurus. Because, again, y'all, we, we believers and, and uh, we ministers and, and we know all these big words and we know all this. And I don't want the, the young brothers on the line, my nephews, to feel in any way intimidated, which I don't think they do, they do anyway. But, again, Taurus and for sure Kevin, all the way in Texas, I want y'all to give the definition of success or I'm going to give y'all an option. Y'all can say what you think success is to most young black males. Either way. Okay, we was kind of lengthy. You don't have to be again. Area code nine one eight three seven eight. We coming at you as well as six seven eight five five nine. Again, um, to make it two minutes, if you could, Taurus, you can go next, please. Okay. Well, what they say is the acronym. He only left you basic instructions before leaving the Holy Bible. Hold on a second. We got to get this noise straight. Hold, hold on a second. Priscilla, I think that's your line. I know you. I don't know. I don't want to accuse you. No, nope, not me. I'm in my room by myself. Okay, okay. All right. Anybody, please, the noise behind you. It could be any little thing. They can pick it up on this line. Go ahead, Taurus. Like I said, uh, I don't really know a lot of Bible verses. I know the Bible because my granny put it in me, so I know right from wrong. I know what I need to know. Not saying that I don't know it all, I can learn more, but I just think success is knowing where you came from and uh, I ain't gonna say respecting that but cherishing that to get to where you got to where you can provide for others. That's success to me. Or whatever your agenda is to meet whatever goal you got. So as far as success, I think that can differentiate between different people or wherever their goals are. So I can't really just put a title for another man's success because his success may not be my success. So I think as far as me, I just be wanting to provide for my family, my closers, and be able to be like a, I ain't going to say an outlet, but a resource for other people so they can do the same thing. I like seeing other people make it too. I think that's my biggest downfall. I put everybody else before me. So I don't know why, but it just seems like that'd be the right thing to do. And I feel good about being able to do for others as well as myself. You know what I'm saying? On the same plateau as myself to my standards. So I can't really speak on a general definition of what success is, but that's just what I view as success. That was good. That was good, well, no, that was good, man. Again, folks, we all we 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 kind of heavy with words and all that, but y'all are really and truly, Kevin and Taurus, y'all are gonna relate to more people than us. They're gonna be more like I feel him, I feel Taurus, I feel Kevin. I don't know about old school. I don't know about this nigga here. I, I'm telling you, trust me. <laughs> so that's why it's important y'all speak out. And it's important what we have to say too. But I'm just saying this is not the generation that I probably can identify with a lot of what we're saying. But I, I would say this. Listen to everybody on these phone lines, folks. For sure. 
y'all can get some answers as well as some insights that you did not have before this show. All right, Kevin, last, and uh, again, two minutes, no more about two minutes, and then I'm coming to your code 918. Please forgive me, but you kind of put your hand up at a kind of an odd time. And then we'll see another hand that just went up, 678559, will come to you as well. All right, uh, Kevin, in two minutes, what is success? Success. Um, I guess if I was to sum it up, I would say uh, coming to an understanding of what love is and learning how to cultivate it. Uh, you know, I did some time when I was 23. I ran, I ran into this guy, this old school cat, and he had asked me, what, what does it mean to be real? What does it mean to keep it 100? And, you know, 23 years old, I didn't know. Um, and he explained to me in prison that to keep it real, you have to be considerate of others. And no one can deem you as being real or keeping it 100 if you're not considerate. And that's usually what I find in my own life is that when I run across people who are inconsiderate, I consider them fake. And what I found today, man, I mean, you know, I say what I say, you know, the, the masters, the, the real estate and all that, I don't deem that as success. I have days where I feel the presence of God. And most of the time when I have those days, it's usually when I have reached out to God, when I have been 100% real with God and told him how I was feeling, what I'm going through. And I think that it's really hard to to experience the presence of God if we lack forgiveness. So we talk about um, what success is, and I say love, and I think it's hard to be a loving person um, a considerate person if you don't have forgiveness in your heart. So that's what I lean on, and that's my day-to-day motive, my motive operenda, because if I'm not exercising forgiveness, how can I expect to be forgiven? And if I go days without feeling the, or experiencing the presence of God, then I feel like my day was a loss. You know what I mean? So I can't, I can't be 100% with anybody else if I can't be 100% with God, if I can't be honest with God, I can't open up my heart to God and, and tell him what I'm going through or, or asking for forgiveness when I mess up if I'm not willing to forgive others. Good, so good today, for me, success, today for me, success would be uh, learning how to forgive, uh, learning how to love people, man. I think that's more important than any, any material possession that a person may have. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Well, there you have it, folks. Again, I kind of like it when we disagree. I love it when we agree even better, but I I welcome when we disagree because guess what? Some of y'all think like Kevin. Some of y'all think like Taurus. Some of y'all think like Priscilla. Some of y'all think like we're just brothers tonight and sisters as well as even those outside of so-called black uh, ethnic group and we're all trying to get to the bottom of uh, finding out serious survival skills for black men because we love black men we love black men and we know the, the other nations of the world as well love black men after all after all you better love black men because this messiah y'all worshiping <laughs> Read between the lines. Okay, Eric Code 918. He is a black man, is what I'm trying to say. But they wouldn't, didn't call him black back in the day. They just called him people or different ethnic group. But those ethnic groups were very dark-skinned people. Okay, going to the phone lines, Eric Code 918. 
Um, let's see here, 378, go ahead with your question or comment. I first would like to know your city and name, please. How's everybody doing, man? All right. Pretty good, uh, sir. Uh, I'm Ivan. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street. I'm actually the grandson of a survivor of the 1921 massacre. My grandfather. Oh, really? Was... Hold on. You say your name is Ivan? Yes, sir. Ivan from Tulsa, and you are a survivor of Black Wall Street. This is going to be interesting. Go ahead, brother. What's your I'm comment the... for us tonight or question? I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the grandson of a survivor. Okay. Well, well, what do you think of the show so far? What question do you have for us? Well, the show is great. I have a. I don't really have a question. I just, I mean, I think it's a great thing for black men to have a forum to speak because too often people only tell us what they think or that people only tell us what they think that we think, but nobody hardly ever asks us how we feel or what we think. It's always talking to us or talking at us instead of to us. And so I That's think good. it's a great thing for black men to have a forum to express themselves in such a way. Uh, what I wanted to say, though, <clears throat> You know, I uh, and I'm finishing it now. I, I, I had started a book. I started writing a book several years ago, and I'm finishing it now. It's called "Quiet Storm: The Soul of a Black Man." And in the book, I interviewed. Uh, I interviewed. I went in a five-year span. I interviewed 344 black men, youngest 19, the oldest 72. And what prompted me to the the, uh, the what prompted me, and I, I I was able to interview men of all walks of life. You know, superstar athletes, entertainers, uh, you know, guys that stayed up under a bridge, you know, people of, of every walk of life. I've able, I was able to interview them. One of the common threads among all these men from the 19-year-old to the 17-year-old was they felt that nobody cares how black men feel, not even black men. And so, huh. <clears throat> but but here's, here's, here's how I, here's how I, what prompted me to begin to uh, want to, I have 11 brothers myself. I'm number 16 of 17 children, but I'm the 11th boy. And so <clears throat> when I was talking to a, a, a real popular preacher friend of mine in this city, and I, was, I, I have a tree removal service, and I, I originally went to his church to give them an estimate on removing some trees around their church because it was uh, messing up the structure of the roof. And so okay. we were there, and so I asked him how he was doing. And he said, man, I'm all right, man. Uh, you know, this brother has a 5,000-member congregation, beautiful wife, beautiful family. And from the outside looking in, he looked like he got it going on. But when this brother, who I looked at with a certain stature, said, man, you know, bro, I just don't feel like nobody really cares about how black men feel. And that's what caught wow. I'm listening to him. Now I'm looking at my situation. Here I am, a man who I did 10 years in prison. I, I, I learned how to cut trees in prison. I came out and turned it into a business. I've been free 17 years, but I'm listening to this man. You know what I'm saying? This man ain't never been to jail. He, from the, he looked like he got it going on, but he's saying he doesn't think that nobody cares about how black men feel, but I felt like that. And so I started talking to men all over the country, traveling as I do certain things. And so, man, it's a, it's a thing that, that every black man, in my humble opinion, we have a quiet storm that we don't tell nobody about. And a lot of times, the reason why I discovered a lot of black men don't uh, express their feelings is we, we get looked at two ways. Either he has an overstuffed ego or he's a punk. Not that he really has real issues. This is what I discovered 
in my uh, travels. And so I did a lot of healing uh, doing this travel. And I'm going to say one more thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to let it go. I just recently lost my wife. My wife passed away in November. May God be pleased with her. My beautiful wife. I already hear about that. She had cancer. And uh, we were talking about the survival in the white supremacist world. One of the things that we have to do, in my humble opinion, is the the restoration of the relationship between black men and black women. And unless and until we do that, nothing that we do, because there's an attack on black family and black marriage. You know, and my wife, we were only married two years, and, uh, you know, we fought that cancer. We fought it, man. And I'm going to tell you something, man. She's the best thing that ever happened to me. And I believe part of our, our defense against the black man's defense is being married to a good, wholesome black woman. Now, you marry who you want to marry. You love who you want to love. You know, I'm not saying people shouldn't marry uh, anybody else, but I'm saying black love is real important. And so, you know, my wife, I'm actually writing love a book. On, on love, love, love on love is important. I know what you're saying because there is this, 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 these issues. But to find love, period, is important. But I know what you're saying. Again, you're talking about two people definitely despised by America and this white supremacist where it is special to see that. But go right ahead. And so what I'm going to say is I'm writing a book now called I Said I Do So I Am, My Journey with My Sweet, Sweet Mary. Because, unfortunately, I don't know how many of you gentlemen on her married, but real authentic love is a thing of the past, almost a thing of the past. And so me and my wife, we stuffed 30 years into two years, man. And so... I'm thinking that I know that for a fact that from what I see, I'm old, I'm 52 years old, so I've seen a little bit in my in my journey. And mm-hmm. one one of the things that I know for a fact that until we restore the relationship between black men and black women, our children suffer because of that. You know what I'm saying? And one of the things I that I, I discovered in my journey while I was in prison, a lot of black men, we have a father. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Uh, someone was saying something, man. You're building a lot. You're saying a lot. So what I do on this show, because we won't forget, you be done said 15 things and we want to forget. So does somebody, yes, somebody to jump in there quickly? Yes, sir. Okay. We didn't have a comment. Okay, go right here, brother. But, yeah, I, I was just saying, that's, that's what I wanted to say. I think this is a great – I just happened to be scrolling through and seeing the subject, and I think it's what you all are doing. It's absolutely wonderful, man, and – I'm actually, I'm a follower of the, I heard you mention Minister Farrakhan. I'm actually a 24-year member of the Nation of Islam. And, and But, you know, everybody's out. We brothers, man, no matter what our religious persuasion is, what we, what our walk of life is, we brothers no matter what, man. So I really appreciate what you're doing, man. And, you know, it's healing in this, man. It really is. Well, listen, uh, I'm going to say this to you, uh, Ivan. Again, uh, really appreciate your your knowledge there that was a lot and there was a lot of good stuff and uh, i feel you on black people that's married together so-called black on black relationships it's under attack and that's one of the things we talk about on the show you know black love it's really hard whenever i'm at work or something and i show a certain amount of female it don't even have to be i'm flirting or nothing but just seeing me with a black woman happy and I look over at some of the other ethnic groups that look at me. I'm mainly talking about whites, to be very honest. Not all whites, not all whites, mm-hmm. but 
but uh, some of them may look over at them. And, and what I notice whenever black people is having fun, why mm-hmm. does that bother people? And the, the, to make it very crystal clear, to make sure people don't think I'm just making up something here, there's something called, Cincinnati has something called the, uh, what was that, 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 that event that, that, that they, Jazz Festival? Jazz Festival. Cincinnati had the biggest jazz festival, and the most probably jazz festival out of anywhere in the whole country. It was huge. And this is when we're mm-hmm. so-called black people is on their best behavior. You know, they're, they're, they've got the nice cars. They, they perpetrate a lot of them. They, it's not their cars, it's a rental. And they go and they, they, they look the best they can look, and they got money, and we was just having a blast. Those, are, those that went to that event. And this is a time that I will see some of my white coworkers who I haven't had no trouble with. All of a sudden, I will see them acting out. They'd be so, especially when they have to walk through all these black people. And I'm talking about respect for blacks, just having a good time. And this, when you look over at the businessman that's operating the hotels, he would shut down three of the elevators, and now there's only one elevator, jack up the prices, the, the, the rent would be. It's something about when black people are happy. I didn't make it this way, folks. Blog talk staff is pissed off at me. I didn't make it this way. It just is. We're trying to find solutions. We're trying to give our people survival skills. It's no hatred on anybody else. But why is black-on-black love a sin to some of us? Even some black people. Even to so-called black people, again, when we say white supremacy on this show, Ivan, we're not talking about white people. I'm talking about a philosophy that's in white people for sure, because they benefit, but it's also in black people. And the reason why, and I'm going to let you go, brother, and let the callers comment. Uh, we'll let uh, Brother Purcell Porsche go first, and then Tars, and then Kevin. Uh, but again, I believe why this thing is, is because we was all taught the same racist education. I don't care if you have a PhD. I'll go if you if you could have told me I have you had a PhD right now, I would tell you in a nice loving way, of course, that you're uneducated. Well how do you know that, brother? Because I'm gonna tell you right now, I know they didn't sit up and talk to you about no Africa for no four years. I know they talk about India for four years and the glory of India and all the dynasties in China, the black people that ruled China before, I know they didn't tell you about that. I know they didn't tell you that there was thousands of years of African life, all types of culture and art and religion and history in Africa before there was one book wrote in Europe. I know they didn't teach all that. So whatever you got a Ph.D. in, you're uneducated. You're just educated for white people are concerned, white glory. They didn't lie, probably, in most of the cases, about their glory, but that's their glory, and we should know that because they're human beings as well. But tell the whole story. So when we come out of these institutions, we're fine in Africa. We're fine at dark-skinned people. We're fine at dark culture. We don't believe in our own people. So that's why I say we are, most of us, even in the nation of Islam, even in Christianity, there's white supremacy in all of us. I don't care who you are. If you're born in America... Unless you're studying to find out who you are, really studying that Bible, and God is delivering you through the Holy Spirit, you throwing up white supremacy every day, you got it in you. Because we were never taught about those other civilizations, and we can't help but to glory more in white supremacy. Purcell, any comments on the brother to Ivan? Anything you have to, to, to let the brother go? Man, I tell you what, 
Brother Ivan was spot on, man. He's spot on with that, um, how we need to get back to loving our women. Um, That is so important. But I think also one thing that came to mind when he was saying that, um, I think what what caused us to jump the track, if you will, is the fact that we lost the value for her, appreciation for her, because Uh what happened is life crept in and she became the man. So it's hard to see her as the woman because the not only have the values changed, but the roles have changed. Uh Um which which is a sad testimony. Um the other thing that I would say uh has caused us to be in this state would be the fact that we don't appreciate the institution of marriage. I'm married. Yes, sir. Um, I'm yes, married sir. myself, and I respect the institution of marriage. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, a, a big advocate of marriage. Um, I know the Bible said one can set a thousand to slide, but two, ten thousand. Um, we don't actually recognize or understand the power the marriage institution harnesses. We don't understand how we complement one another or how we should or how we could complement uh-huh. one another, um, how we could uh, further the black community uh, with this black love thing you're talking about. Um, Miles Monroe said something very profound years ago. Miles uh-huh. Monroe said, where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. And uh-huh. what happened is, we, for whatever reason, don't understand the purpose of our unions. Many times we need to be asking that question. Why am I with this person? What is the purpose of us being together? When we can tap into that as a couple, then we can become more effective as a unit. The, the the biggest dichotomy of marriage is the idea of becoming one. What happens is you have to take two different personalities, marry these personalities together, and become one. Now, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. Um, and, and what I've always said about marriage is I've always said I don't believe that there's such thing as God put us together. I believe, I believe that you have two people, or you need to have two people, a male and a female. Let me make that crystal. A male and a female who have a made-up mind. Mm-hmm. Come hell or high water, we in it to win it, like Lotto. And they need to stick together and continue to put their shoulder to the grind and make it happen, man. Make it happen. It's difficult, I know, because I'm, I've been there, done that, doing that right now. It's difficult. Um, one of the other things that I want to 
uh, okay, bring to the light. Very, I'm, 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 I'm wrapping it up. What I want to bring to the light also is um, the fact. Let me just say this real quick so while you think it, while you think it really quickly. Area code mm-hmm. six seven eight five five nine. We're coming to you uh, uh, after these brothers wrap up here. Go ahead, Priscilla. Okay. Okay. Um, I actually lost my train of thought on that last thought, but that's that's pretty much where I'm at with this thing. I think it's very important, uh, and I agree with Ivan. It's very important that we get back to we get back to um, where we need to be with our relationship with the black woman. Um, it's going to take for us to see her differently. Or see her the way we should be, the way she used to be seen, and it's also going to take her to see me the way I need, I used to be seen. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yes, so, sir. Well, uh, 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 let well, me see if I may proceed real quick because again we got callers holding, and I don't want to I want to go to them some type and Kevin as well as Tars want to jump in here. How do you get? Well, I probably shouldn't ask you that person because you have to answer it. Uh, well, I tell you what. After first get done, I want to talk about how you're gonna get a black woman to do something that's not in her, or a woman, any woman, any. How are you gonna get yourself? How are you gonna get your brothers? To, how are you gonna get your brothers to respect or value you when I believe we're full of white supremacy? Not, not completely. Not like a lot of you know. It's in us, folks. I can prove it. I'm just trying to talk fast instead of, and so I won't dominate. But I guess I'm trying to say, how can you get a woman to respect you or you respect them? Because, see, a lot of us marry black women, but our heart is not there. We would marry someone else. It, I'm not seeing a lot of true love from us is what I'm trying to say. And it, I think it's because of what, what has been taught in us through even even through the church. The church preached like there's something wrong with black skin. The, the society preached like something wrong with black skin. So why would you be engaged with somebody with black skin? And, and it's not just about marriage. I don't want to talk about marriage too much because it's okay we talk about it, but what about friendship? Our friendship is in jeopardy. There's not the trust and the confidence and the love for just just between male and female friendship. It's not there. That's so good, big let, let, let me do this. Let me just present because we're on long winning, and so am I. I mean, we are. You and I. Let me do this. So I want get the young cats in. I'm gonna look up and they haven't commented. Okay. Please forgive me, but let me do this. Taurus, do you understand what Priscilla mm-hmm. was saying and Ivan was saying? Any feedback on that quickly? And Priscilla, I want you to finish I I after this. I think I know what the problem is. I don't think the problem is that. I think the problem starts with loving yourself. The woman don't love and respect herself, so how can she expect the man to love and respect her? And the same thing goes for him. He don't love and respect himself. So that's how can it. he give love to the woman? So that's, that's, that's the root of it. You got to learn how to love yourself. You get so caught up in trying to please everybody else, you get you get to please you first before you as God. But yeah. that's what the problem is. Yeah, that's true. And 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 so, just to you know, get a little bit more out of your talk, this is to get more out of you by me asking you this: How are you gonna love yourself if society has put it out there that you're less than a man, that you're a criminal element, 
you know, and they're constantly bombarding your woman mind with successful people that don't look like you. I'm telling y'all, it's a white supremacist society. Again, not a people, a philosophy. If you feel like I'm attacking white people, if you sound like we're attacking white people, you're not listening to this show right. I'm talking about a philosophy. Oftentimes, this self-hate that's making this black man not love himself, as Tars was just saying, is coming from the church. Oh, yes, the church. Sometimes it's coming from his parents. Oh, yes, his parents. I told y'all this last time, uh, I think show number one, and I'm making this really quick, but I got, I'm got trying to pull some out of these young boys. Really quick, I'm saying about my mother, and I ain't going to throw my mother on the bus for none of y'all, but my mother used to say this, and I know she loved more than probably anybody out there. I know my mother loved people. She didn't hate nobody. But my mother used to say to us, shape that baby's nose. She said to other young ladies, shape that baby's nose. Shape that baby's nose. And it wasn't just her. It was her generation that believed in shaping baby's nose, black babies, of course, to get that nose to be more pointed like white people. Now, where did she get that from? So if you're one of those babies that nose was shaped, or you would say or that same mind frame or say his nose too big. That's the same mindset that generation and even this generation today, we say things like that. His lips too big. His lips is too big. We say that. How can lips be too big? What's the standard? My you point is, if we got this kind of if we got this kind of education, Tyrus, how you expect you not to love yourself? Now you're about to get married, and so there's going to be a problem. Comment on that real quick, and then we're going to Kevin. If you believe anything anybody tells you, you a fool. Say it again. I don't believe it. If you believe anything anybody tells you, you a fool. I, I don't just believe. It. A person can say whatever they want to say. That's your opinion. What you eat don't make me shit. See my language, but yeah, a person can say whatever they want to say. Now it really mean nothing. And when you you finally understand and realize that, then opinion don't matter, but it matter. You'll be alright. Okay, Kevin. Any comments on what was just said by any of the guys? Um. Yeah, I got I got a comment. So so. Learning, I like what Tara said. I like what Ivan said. I like what Marcel said. Um, I mean, I agree with all of it, really, because I think at the end of the day, man, you know, loving ourselves. So one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is uh, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I'm not a philosopher. I'm not a theologian. I don't know what that scripture means for anybody else. But for me, that means that, if I want to get to God, I'm going to have to intentionally reach out to him. And the reason why it's important for me to get to God is because if this God made me, then he knows me better than I know myself. So the only way that I can learn to love myself is I get to know God, and he starts to reveal myself to myself. And then the more I learn about myself, the more I can have more to give to somebody else. As far as women... What I found is that just like the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force, if I am going after God, it was explained to me there is no sitting still in spirituality. It's like swimming upstream. As soon as you stop swimming, you fall back. So I use that analogy in my relationship. I cannot sit still and expect our relationship to grow. I have to be intentional. I have to call my wife and tell her I love her. I have to... Take time out of my day every night 
to spend 20 minutes with her asking her about her day. I have to be intentional. And it's not necessarily, um, you know, her or me. It's just we both have to be intentional because they know it ain't going to be no growth if it's one-sided. So once we make that agreement, look, this is what we're going to do to build our relationship on a regular basis, then I find that she's willing to do more for me because I show her love. But I think, and it goes the same with, the, you know, our relationship with God. The closer I get to God, the closer my wife feels to me. And the more she wants to uh, submit to me or, or imitate what I do. When she sees me on my knees in the morning when she wakes up, or she sees me read my Bible at night before she lays down. These things are important because that shows her that I'm submitting to God, and then she wants to be she wants to be either like me or closer to me to get what it is that I have. So I think that's very important. And I'm not talking from a Christian standpoint or a, or a Muslim standpoint or any like anything like that because I don't feel as though um, any religion can make you any closer to God. I think that if you reach out to God with a whole heart. God will show up and reveal himself in, in whatever capacity that you're in. But I think as far as relationships go, we have to be intentional. That's powerful, good. powerful, powerful. Well, listen, uh, Mr. Ivan, you got an earful there from all of us. What do you think? Closing comments, please, and then we're going to come to uh, the, uh, the area code 678. Quickly. Hold on one second. I think the brother, I think I may have had uh, – Okay, uh, my bad. I had this line muted. Okay, Kevin, go ahead, uh, Ivan, and, and 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 if you can go again, please. Yes, I was going to say. Uh, I would just say this uh, as dealing as far as relationships, when we're talking about the relationship with the black woman. You know, there was three things that was re- taken from us during the course of slavery. That was the science of business, the science of war, and the science of mating. And the thing about it is, if if I don't know the purpose of something. I can't give it its proper value. And so we don't know the value of one another. Like the brother said, first, we don't know the value of self. And if we don't know the value of self, of course, we're not going to know the value of one another. There's a science to mating, and we don't know nothing about it. And that's the main problem in black relationships. So we don't understand there's a science to it, see? And until we learn that, we're going to continue to have the problems that we have because we've allowed an enemy to come in between us She's saying it's our fault. We say it's her fault. But it's our fault because we've allowed the enemy to make us look at each other in the wrong way. That's what I would say to that. Well, I appreciate that, brother, and appreciate your call. I really, really uh, thank your insight, Ivan. I, uh, you know, people say all kinds of stuff about the Nation of Islam, but I needed the Nation of Islam at one point in my life to help me get to that next level. And I know people say, oh, you, you know, the Million Man March, I was there, and I really am thankful to uh, 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 the wisdom that's in Louis Farrakhan. I know a lot of Christians scrunch, uh, just, just probably cringing right now, but I learned so much. Mm-hmm. I'll say it, and I've said it, and I've never changed it. I'll never change it. There is not a man in America with a large status speaking out on the causes and the pain in the guts of the black man outside of Louis Farrakhan. There's a lot of people of statute, but they don't speak that freely. Jake speaks about the black man. He don't speak that freely. And I think it's because we're, we're too close to a lot of our white brothers and sisters and we're worried about how they feel. And he, Jake's made me, well, I'm not throwing him under the bus, nothing like that, because the man has done a lot of good things, some things Farrakhan has done. Uh, but as far as talking about the pain and the guts, the how we feel, He's by far, 
you know. Anyway, thank you for yes. calling the show. And not not that we're hanging up or nothing. And uh, remember, when I put you on hold, press one, and then we'll bring you back on. If you have another question, you can press one later, okay? Thank you for allowing me to speak, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, that was Ivan Always from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we're going to go to another phone call, Hand, who's been up for a while. Now, I apologize. I apologize. Erico 678. Uh, five five nine. But before I go to you, did some, was somebody just saying something? Because I know this phone lines. I can't always. Y'all got to speak up, especially you, Tars. Speak up and loud and clear, please. But would anybody say anything before I go to the caller? Quickly, quickly. I just said. I just said, go to your caller. Get your caller. Okay. Eric code six seven eight five five nine. Uh, who am I speak with? Give me your name and city, please. Area code six seven eight five five nine. Go ahead with your question or comment. Okay, I don't know what's going on with six seven eight five five nine. I think that uh, brother Elishua he was. So I'll give him a minute for him to come on. But anyway, anybody have any comments on anything y'all heard so far? Uh, let's no, go to Tom. Uh, uh, go ahead, Patel. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You was talking up. It, it then I'll go to them. Okay, I was just gonna say, uh, as back to this 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 relationship thing between the man, the black man, and the black woman. I think what uh, another thing that came to mind for me was, I thought about how, uh, and that was an excellent point, Tars, about uh, loving yourself. Um, that's that's always first and foremost, uh, but that comes with knowing who you are. Um, as well, but I think with this with this black man and black woman relationship thing, I think what we've done is we've made it a tug of war, and it has become a tug of war in our households and in our families, um, even with uh, brothers and sisters. We talk about relationships, so I think we again. I think we've made it a tug of war when it should be a dance, um, and. Somehow, again, we got off track uh, because of the value system has changed. And um, it's a sad, sad testimony, but that's kind of where we're at right now. And I think it's, it's going to be very, very important for us to get back to that so that we can get back to our rightful position um, um, as a people, for real. You sound like what are you saying is it's competition and not complementary. Exactly. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm hearing you right, yeah. Exactly. 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 Um, the worst thing that could have happened is this women's lib, women's lib thing, and 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 the, and the chauvinistic um, pride spirit that uh, many many men, black men, exhibit. You know, uh, we got this thing in the community, in our community, that respect is huge. You know. And and, and and sometimes we're mistaken the respect issue with just clear, a, a simple misunderstanding for real, you know. And because we're so combative with one another, I believe, we're not able to, which is why this show is the bomb, because like the gentleman said, Ivan, this gives us an opportunity to, to let our voice be heard and kind of put some different, uh, put a different perspective out there. So that we can actually see and hear what's really going on, you know, 
um, like I said, we mix this, uh, this this respect thing up with a simple misunderstanding, and it causes us to be at odds. So, again, we, we're battling, number one, with ourselves, and then we're battling outwardly as well with one another. So, um, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a tall order, man. It's a tall order. It, it ain't easy being a black man, especially in a white supremacist world. It's, it's not easy. Um, but it's, it's, it's necessary for you to know who you are, black man. Uh, because well, listen, let's do this because we got that caller back. If you, if you, person, if you don't mind me interrupting you, please and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. allow to me to do this. What was that? Go to our caller, absolutely. Okay, area code six seven eight five five nine. Go ahead with your question or comment. I'd like to know the city and your name, please. Uh, caller from home, brother. Yeah, <laughs> this is Elisua from Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> Well, go ahead. Well, welcome to the show, brother Ella. Sure, good to hear your voice, man. Go ahead and uh, let us know what's on your mind. I know you've heard a lot, and you probably got a lot to say. Go right here, brother. This is uh, uh, most people know Ella. Sure, he's been calling the show a lot. Some of you know him as Gary Ellison, uh, but uh, he lost his son some time back, not that long ago. And so we keep everybody keep him in your prayers. I don't always mention Daniel on the show because I don't know if it's appropriate. I mean, you know, some people, I didn't know how, he, you know, the family felt about that. But just know this, we're, you're in our prayers, brother, for real, for real. Go right ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first, I really appreciate that. And I know that, um, <clears throat> and I say this for the sake of the audience, that I know that that's not just a um, cliche coming from you. Seth, is a, as you all know, if you are listening to the show over the years, as a personal friend, we have known each other for some time. Uh, Brother Purcell in Cincinnati is on the show as well, and um, we are personal friends as well. I've stayed in Purcell's house, Purcell's house home for quite a while, so, um, you know, we're family, we're friends. And I really do appreciate, and I know that your prayers are there, and um, this is not something that's easy to bear. And I'm very reluctant. I've been very reluctant to call these shows. I haven't even listened in to the first time until the night because um, – you're touching on something that is at the center core of every fiber of my being, not only because of my recent experience, but because just my experience, my my life present here being in America. I've always felt that black men were always misunderstood, and I felt that there was really not a great incentive to understand black men. Uh, I'm going to get right to the point and turn it back over to you all because I really don't think that I'm going to be free to say a whole lot, so I'm going to say what's on my heart in regard to what's been stated. The first thing you asked was, um, how do you define success? Well, let's just stop right from the beginning. The Bible says that he that walketh in the counsel of the Most High is blessed. Uh, Purcell hit it off right off from the beginning. He knocked the, he knocked the ball right out the ballpark. It's real simple. We're failing because we are consulting everybody but the one who created us. There's no way we can define and determine who we are unless we seek the one who formed us because as Purcell alluded to and he clearly articulated to everything there is a purpose. And in order to define the purpose of a thing, you must consult the one who made it because only that one, that source, possesses the insight and the intellect for which that thing was created. We were created by our maker. And everything that we are going to attempt to do, for the most part that we have done, is that we fail. 
every knowledge, every information, the Christianity, everything up to this point, let us first recognize and acknowledge that, that we have failed. And the only way we're going to find success is that we have to get back to the blueprint, and we have to get back to the one who designed the blueprint. We were created for his glory, and as long as we live without sight of those bounds, we're going to continue to be a defeated people. And for us, it's extremely significant for who we are as a people that is center core and oriented to the issues that we encounter because we have to understand who we are as a people. It's at the forefront of it. I hear things saying that, okay, we have to reestablish relationships. Well, Purcell was right on that again, and I agree with everything that everybody said, but this has to be brought out and understood. Bible says, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now stand in the way of sinners, now see and see the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law does he meditate day and night. When you go back to Joshua, and the most High told Joshua, he said, this book of the law, meditate upon it day and night, and therein should you have good success. Then uh, the most wisest man and the most wealthiest that we have known to date, Solomon, he coined it this way. He says, this is the whole of the matter, to obey God, to keep his commandments, to mm-hmm. serve him, to obey him, and to keep his commandments. The reason that mm-hmm. we are selling is because we are listening to everybody but the one who designed us and created us. And what we're looking at is other people, and we're trying to do things the way everybody else does it because we don't know who we are. We don't fit into that mix. We live in a Babylonian system that is totally contrary and detrimental to our very existence. Yeah. That's powerful. LSU has some kind of way dropped. That's the second time he dropped. But anyway, uh, any, quickly, Kevin, anything on what you just heard from LSU? Say what? Say that again? Any comments on what you just heard? I mean, yeah, that, that's awesome, man. I, I think what he was saying makes a lot of sense. I think that, uh, you know, we, we have to get back to, to our relationship with God. I mean, it's hard to... I think one of the questions that I've heard over the years and I've had before myself is how we build this relationship with God. Um, And I think that's what, you know, you hear people say, uh, let go and let God, but they really never explain how to let go. And so we we just say these sayings, we say these quotes, and we never actually explain it. You know, I had an incident with my son the other day. He's seven years old, and I was spanking him because he was doing something that was, he was acting up at his grandma's house. And I kept telling him, you need to be good when you go over there. But I wasn't giving him any instructions. So he kept going over there and doing the same thing. Then finally he asked me after like the second or third butt whooping, like, Dad, what does it mean to be good? (laughs) And it's like, okay, I'm telling him these sayings because I'm thinking that he already knows, but sometimes we have to be explained. What does it mean to let go of that That's a good point. What does it mean? What does it mean to forgive and forget? You know what I mean? Because if I don't know, then I'm just leading people astray. And that goes back to the whole, you know, white supremacy uh, philosophy in America. We say these sayings and we don't explain it. And so that's, I think that's really important that we get an understanding. Like we quote scriptures, but at the end of the day, I mean, even when you go back and you read scripture, even in the New Testament, there was a situation where a brother was reading the Bible and I think it was, I forget which uh, apostle it was, he was like, hey, do you know what you're reading? He said, no, I need somebody to explain it to me. So he's reading the Bible, 
not understanding what it's saying. So a lot of times we read scripture thinking that we understand what it's saying to us and we don't. So we need somebody who who have a understanding of what the scripture might be trying to explain to us so that we can use it on our day to day life. And I think that's kind of that's probably where a lot of the problem comes in comes in in, in Christianity. Um, because, you know, I had to learn what it means to forgive outside of the church. So I hear people saying, forgive and forget, you know, let go and let God. But I had to get outside the church to even learn how to forgive. And so well, let me do this. Let me, let, me and, do, let me do this. I'm going to go to Taurus and hold that thought and we'll come back to you. Uh, Taurus, what do you think anything you, that you've heard from the previous caller, Ella Shore? And we'll come back to Kevin and let him finish. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to set this up so it don't come back on. I told you I was sitting in the car. I just don't want to. Uh, okay, no, well, well, do my favor. Press one now. Press one on your phone right now. Okay, I got press you. one on your no, phone. Quickly, quickly, press one. Press one, Taurus. This is how we can do this. What happens is if you press one now, your hand will go down. And then when you press one, when you get, get done with your situation, press one again. That, that's the only way I can know if you're ready to talk. Okay, yeah, I press one. context 
you know, because of people who lazy and won't study. You know. And speaking of that, speaking of that, I want to I want to address something that I heard earlier. A gentleman said about this show, and again, folks, I really appreciate all of you on the phone lines and those of you in the chat room that have tuned into this very serious, serious blog tonight, talking about talking about survival skills for the black man in white supremacist America, not just in America. It's not just America. It's a it's a it's a a country that is saturated with the worship of white males, but it wasn't created by white males. I believe this philosophy was created by Satan himself, and whites just benefit for a short period of time, and in the meantime, everybody that swallowed this philosophy, believing this philosophy, their families become endangered. Their identity become endangered. Their mm-hmm. mental capacities become endangered, including the so-called whites themselves. So Satan, I believe, is the author of this philosophy. I know people talk about uh, the one, the Willie Lynch, and all that. Willie Lynch was influenced by Satan, just like any other. A, a lot of those people were. Now, I do believe the father had a hand in that, but we'll go. We we'll talk about that on this show. But not at this time. So listen, this is what I would like to do. I'd like to take a little short break, y'all. Just bear with me for cutting here. And LSU is back. Actually, you know what? I want to bring him on. I was trying to, his line dropped, and I look up, he's back. I don't know when he got back. Because, listen, what's happening is a lot of, there's, there's, there's so many people on the phone lines, I have to scroll. So what happened is I'll scroll one point, and I don't see him and other callers. And then other times I have to scroll up, I have to scroll down. That's how I miss callers. So, again, if you want to comment on the show, go ahead and press one while I'm scrolling now looking for hands. Otherwise, I may miss you. But let's go back to the phone lines and, and get LSU's comment. And then um, we'll go ahead and take a little break. Again, you've been listening to the Five Smooth Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth. We have the one and only Priscilla Porsche from Cincinnati on the line, co-hosting with myself, as well as Taurus Smith. And he has a little, a few little things to take care of. He'll be back here shortly, as well as Kevin Thompson. We really appreciate these young men being on the show. I'm trying to get them in more, commenting more. They're here to, to, to let us know more about how the younger generation think. They're not necessarily here to be theologians and all of that. Uh, they're just mainly I invited them to just give us a barometer of where young people are at these days, why they think they're thinking this way, and that's why the young people here, then us older gentlemen, Priscilla and I are here to try to bring some wisdom to the matter. We are choosing to go with the scriptures. There are some older people might think that there's another way, another route. Uh, they're not on this phone, you know, but uh, that's what you've heard tonight. You also have heard from Brother Ivan all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma, who is a part of the Nation of Islam, he has shared some serious wisdom on the matter as far as relationships. We don't have to just stick with relationships, folks. There's a lot of things going on with the African-American man. Again, we said earlier, he's asking questions like, how do I deal with my woman? But he also asked questions like, who am I? What is my purpose? When are people coming up? We first talked about that last week. Also, the brother of this black man is asking, how do I protect myself and my family? You know, everybody think about buying guns and all this, but what if there's something more successful than guns? What if there's, what if angels are real and they come to work for you? We can talk about that. How do I deal? Excuse me. How can I get money faster? 
You know, scripture talks about he that get money faster hands won't be innocent. Do they know that? Do a lot of our black brothers and sisters know that fast money comes with sin? They don't know that. A lot of people don't know. They think fast money is okay. But the Bible says hands that get got wealth fast, hand that has gotten, I'll try to get that scripture here in a second, but it talks about hands that get wealth fast will not be innocent. I guess the Father has set this thing up to where it has to come at a certain pace. If you get it fast, you can't do it innocently. Now, I know there are some people go out and invent some and all of that, but I'm talking about for the bulk of wealth, it comes through a process. So these are some of the questions our brothers are asking, and so we just, again, thank every single one of you that have tuned in to get these skills, these survival skills for this black man, either to share, or maybe you, you yourself is a black man looking for answers tonight. Well, you have found the Five Smooth Stone Network, and we appreciate you. Eric Code 678. Going back to the phone lines, area code 678-559. I think we got Brother Elishua back, and he can finish up what he was saying, and then we're going to take a little break here. Uh, Elishua, you back? Yes, sir. Okay, go ahead and make your comment, and then we're going to take a break, and we'll get let everybody comment on that after the break. Okay. I think that um, set to everything that everybody has said, um, obviously there's a different perspective, there are different issues of multifaceted of problems that we are confronted with. And I think it just comes down to two things, and I'm just going to give you the big picture, and then hopefully we can deal in the details later on. And the issue that we find ourselves engaged and involved in is we are in the midst of a conflict between two kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness, represented as our, um, represented by the children of Satan, the children of darkness, the children of this world. Um, that system functions in the Bible, what we would say, or even in the Quran, is consistent with the Babylonian system. Then there's another system. It's an invisible kingdom that does not have a temporal um, uh, embassy that you can go to and, and visit and talk with, and that's the kingdom of God. And all of us on this line, for the most part, have made a decision that we're going to live our life subject to the Most High. And if we know that, then all of us understand that if we're going to live our life subject to the Most High, he has put forth certain decrees and certain commands that he requires for us to live by. He has the order that he has laid for. And if we're to live a life success, we must comply with that order. That order is not to have a man rule over a woman rule over a man. I'm sorry. I know that's a very uncommon thought in the culture that we live in because our culture is very debased, and everything about our culture is contrary to the will of God because it's a Babylonian culture. It's a culture that is anti-Christ. And the problem with it is that we've had the, the, the thing that we tried to fight it with has proven to be effective for, two, uh, for 1,700 years. And that's a hammer called Christianity because there's a fallacy within that realm that we don't want to address. And the, the deal with the issue at hand, black men, why is that Louis Farrakhan can get a million black men to Washington, D.C., but the average pastor cannot get his church half full of black men? But what you do have in the master in the average Christian church is a bunch of women, a lot of women. I, I agree with the brother that says that we must reunite, not until we have first submitted to God. The man is the key to everything. Once we yield and submit ourselves to God and we submit to his word, we don't follow a religion, we don't follow a politician, and we definitely don't follow the culture in which we live in. We follow the laws that have been set forth according to the kingdom for which we are citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. And what that means is that we are a part of the kingdom of God and that we must comply with that if we're going to have success. 
No, we cannot rely to women. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12 says this. It says that those who torment you are children, and those who rule over you are women. And those who rule you have caused you to err and caused you to deter from the path on which God has set forth that path of righteousness. That is biblical. So forgive me if I'm, if I'm politically incorrect, but part of the problem in the black community is that we are governed by women and not by men. And because our enemy is so complex, he understands that if I empower women, at the same time, I disempower men. Because I don't fear that black woman, but I do sure fear that black man, because in him is the seed of God. In him is the wisdom of God. He was made to rule and reign. And we know that we are made subject to him, and we are his worst enemy. Therefore, if you go look at Revelations, I think it's the 12th chapter, where it talks about it. It says a woman was with was, 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 was birth with child, and, she, and it was 12 stars. And it says that dragon sought the fit to go and destroy the child. But the woman gave birth to the child, but the enemy concentrated his time, concentrated his effort on that woman for which that child came from. Who is that woman? That is real. Who is we? We're Israel, and that's why we catch hell on every planet. And we, I mean, we catch hell on every country, every continent on the planet of this earth because we are being pushed out. And all we're concerned about with is how can we salvage a life in this Babylonian system called America because we love this hope more than we love God. <laughs> Brother... <laughs> Brother, you know what? You 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 just don't change, do you? <laughs> Never. When he say love this hoe, let let me just explain for those saints that's on the floor. Like, get him off the line. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. And Kevin has dropped. I don't know if he. Hopefully, Kevin dropped like technical and not just re-ran him off. But uh, that was powerful. I wish Kevin hadn't dropped because I wanted him to hear what I was about to be said. Dag, I hope he didn't hang up on us and run. Well, hopefully I'll call back. I'll give him benefits down. No, I'll Kevin talk again to Kevin has dropped, folks. Listen, but let me explain. This is why sometimes you got to listen to the whole council. Kevin, Kevin, where are you at? I'm going to have to call him. He, this is, um, all right, this is what y'all do. Uh, Priscilla, comment on what was said, but let me just group, brief, briefly explain something. When the brother mentioned the word ho, it's no different than W-H-O-R-E. But when we say in the African black community, we say ho, whereas somebody say whore, same word, the Bible does call Babylon the great whore. So when he said his whore has fallen, he just uses vernacular, this whore has fallen. Don't. It's no different than saying this whore has fallen, which is, in your Bibles. Some of y'all don't read the Bibles that much. Just know that's what's being said. And he was very on point. I agree with the brother. I agree with the brother. You know, he kind of had that anger to him. It sounded like anger, but uh, I think it's, it's due. 
Sometimes you have to be uh, passionate about what we are learning. It's a lot of our people are suffering. A lot of our people are suffering, and people want to just talk about it like it's some little conversation you talk about on the blog show. No, this brother, brother is passionate. He's, the Bible does say that Israel, when she is going through her hard times, will be led by women. A lot of y'all don't know that. You don't read your Bibles that often. One of the curses that's supposed to be upon Israel is that their houses to be led by women. That is truly what the scriptures say. So I want Purcell to comment on what LSU is saying and, and let him know what you think of what he just said. And then Taurus as well. Taurus, um, you're lying. Let me go ahead and open up Taurus. Uh, I actually don't see Taurus as well. Did we run off the young people? Oh, there he is. Okay, Taurus still hanging on. Okay, Taurus, any uh, question or comments? Why don't you go first and then uh, Purcell, you just come right on after Taurus, and I'm going to try to get a hold of Kevin before 10 o'clock. Remember, family and friends, after 10 o'clock, you cannot call this show. We're going to, at 10 o'clock, the lines freeze. In other words, if you're on the line, don't hang up. You won't be able to call back. You won't be able to call back after 10. We only contracted to 10, but we always roll over about 20 or 30 minutes, and we'll probably do that tonight. But do not hang up after 10, folks. If you're listening to us and you clicked on the link, I want to talk to y'all for a minute. Those of you that clicked on the link, you did, did not call the phone number. You clicked on the link and you're listening to us. You have to call that phone number now before 10 o'clock or you won't be able to get on after 10 o'clock. But I'm going to try to call Kevin back. Y'all go right ahead and address Brother Ellis Shore. Uh, Tari, why don't you go first and then Brother Purcell Porsche. Uh, you can follow Hello. Tars, okay? Can you hear me? Right. Go ahead, Taurus. We, we can hear you. Okay, basically, also, you got to call Kevin back. He was saying uh, that you have to call him because he couldn't get through the line. So that's probably what Okay, all right. All right, all right. Go, go right ahead and talk and comment on Brother Elishua, and I'll be right back. Now, what he was saying, I guess the scripture he just quoted about the women run, we say, Babylon or did he say Israel? I don't know what he said. But that's kind of true. Women been running stuff since slavery days. Women have always been the backbone of the family, so that ain't surprising. But at the same time, I ain't going to say the white man, even though that's really what it is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you come from a point to where they break you down so much to where you feel like they basically, they basically degrade, I don't know, degrade, defame, defamation. I don't, I don't know what the word is. But they break the black man down to make him seem less than what they are. And they build themselves up for the black woman to where, I don't know, maybe that's why black women put weave in their hair. Maybe that's why they try to work contact and change their collide. I have no idea why they do it. I don't know why they do it. They do it, though. So, basically, that's probably what the problem is. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't nobody know our real name. Don't nobody know where we came from. I don't know. I believe we're kind of Hebrews because of what we done went through, but I still don't know. So with all that being said, it's just like, I don't know. Everybody's got to give them togetherness on some family stuff and worry about themselves. Quit trying to follow the way, follow the trends, trying to be like them over there and just do what you want to do, what makes you happy. Don't be worried about what nobody else thinks. Worry about what makes you happy. Like I'm all about stuff and everybody that's around me. I want everybody around me do great. My whole family know that. Like I can't make this up. I don't know. 
I will take my tip through here. I'll sacrifice my life to make sure people behind me ain't got to sacrifice theirs. So I ain't got to leave them with just bills. You understand what I'm saying? So if that means me keep making the constant mistakes, even though I don't want to make those mistakes, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do because then nobody do it before me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have to do it. So I don't know. My mama's strong. I learned a lot from my mama. I learned a lot from my uncle. I learned a lot from my aunties. I learned a lot from my granny and my granddaddies. So that's why I'm at. I, I don't know. I can't really just take nothing away from the black woman, even though she got issues. She's still a strong woman at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Everybody want to be a nigga, but nobody want to be a nigga. So I forgot who said that. Ella Shure, uh, before I go to Purcell, can you comment on anything he just said? And then, Purcell, I want you to comment on what both of them said, please. And then we're going to take a little break, come back, and we're going to really hit something uh, just as hard as this. We're going to switch gears and get off relationships and talk about some of these other things because this is the final show. Next week we'll be talking about feast days because, as you all know, we're coming up on the New Year, the Hebrew New Year, and a lot of people want to keep the feast days. They don't know anything about that, so we'll cover that next week. So this is our final show. So when we come in from the break, we're going to kind of fine-tune all three of these shows and, and just point people to different sources to get more information on uh, survival skills for this black man in the white supremacist America. Go ahead, uh, LSU, please. Well, what I was saying in regards to Tyrus is Tyrus is absolutely right. And if you notice that every time that Tyrus made a point, he basically um, escalated or pronunciated with, with the issue of I don't know. And that is the reality of many young black men in America. It's like they do know some things, and what they know, they really know. But what has happened is that we don't acknowledge them. The fact of the matter is is that we have been taught to hate our young black men. We've been taught to hate young black boys. And therefore, when they grow up to become men, our contempt for them is even even greater intensified. Now, many of you say this is not true, but it is. It's even And, and, and a great deal of it. It comes from the Christian church because what has happened is that the Christian church has embraced the white supremacist culture as far as the standard of what success is and what should be and what should not to be. And as a result, we don't even have the motivation to even try to understand our men, our young men, and what they're dealing with. Because they're dealing with some things and confronted with some issues in this particular time that I guarantee you that there's nobody who is on this line who is related to anybody, past or present, who has ever experienced it. They live in a society and a culture that is designed for their destruction. Because I repeat and I reiterate, black men are the greatest enemy to white supremacy. So, therefore, when he talks about the conflict in the home, that was designed and strategic. Again, if I empower the black man, if I excuse me, empower the black woman, and at the same time disempower the black man by holding from him opportunity and resources where we live in a male-dominated society based upon your ability to produce and provide, so if you take this from a black man, when he walks into the home or he's out job searching, he's home, and when that woman walks into that home and she's been out there working from 8 to 5 and that black man is sitting on the couch, not because he's lazy, but because maybe he's exhausted all he can do for that day, but one of the problems is, is that she just left a culture where she sees men thriving, men ruling, men reigning, men is boats, they running things, and they are white. Powerful. Then they come right. home and see this nigga sitting on the couch. 
And then they go to the church, and the, and the pastor reinforces that reality. And it's amazing that the only nigga reigning and ruling stuff in the church is the pastor. It's like he's pimping a bunch of women, and he is subliminally giving them messages to have, to have contempt for their men, their fathers, their sons, and their husbands. Now, let me jump in right here, because what I want to know is, I want to know why is he a nigga? Because he's sitting there at the house. Number two, and, and I believe it's the passion. It's the passion in which you uh, believe what you're, what you're uh, uh, exegeting. Now, but I want to know, why is he a nigga? Because we, uh, I have a great disdain for that word, you know, because that word, was birthed out of white supremacy. Because that's uh, what the white man made him. That's exactly what that's exactly what Seth said when he came on. I forget who's talking about Farrakhan. Well, Farrakhan's not the only person who said that. Michael Moore has a book, and he goes into great elaboration when he articulates the fact that God makes human beings. And that God made someone after his own image, and he happens to be the black man, but the white man had this evil ability to turn that man who was made and created in the image of God into a nigger. That's right. And everything in this culture and this society reinforces that. Now, we have white men out there who've been molesting women, who've been dominating women. That's how we came about with the women's women's movement. But now, all of a sudden, who's the poster child for for male oppressors, uh, what they call a a term I know is coined by a woman, a feminist woman, called toxic masculinity? Who is the face of that? Black men. Bill Cosby. R. Kelly. But look at Woody Allen, who adopted a child at eight years old, and then they end up marrying that child. You think he started having sex with her when he, after she turned 18? Hell no, he didn't. He was having sex with her prior to that. We got to realize this. And black women, I'll say something to you. The Bible says this in Jeremiah, I think it's 1619. It says that the Gentiles have inherited lies. And my sisters, many of you are committed because you come from women who understand the past from which we've come from. But a lot of y'all, y'all believe in them lies. And you're bringing them lies home. And you wonder, why come you ain't got no man there? And the same thing for you brothers. You wonder why you can't keep a woman. Because you're trying to do stuff according to your will, your way, according to your wisdom. You're not doing what Brother Purcell, trusting the Lord with all your heart. And all your ways, that means everything you do. That means your job. That means your relationships. That means your finances. That means how you treat me. And all of your ways acknowledge him. And then what is he going to do? He's going to direct your path. You know what the problem with black men is? They've been so down and so defeated. And now we have a culture that wants to cater to myths. And now we got running around talking about, you know, a lot of black men, young guys talking about, well, you know, we God. Nigga, you're the most pitiful God I've ever seen in my life. And yes, I called you a nigga because the Bible prophesied that your existence would be so deteriorated within this, this slave culture that you will be a byword because I'm not the only people who calls or who refers to that standard as a nigger. We are called mm-hmm. it all over the world. In South Africa, it's called copper. Those are the many nations. That can run it down to you of the many different ways they refer to us as niggers because that's the picture that our enemy has painted of us. And then we let our Absolutely. enemy teach us religion. We let our enemy teach us education. We let the enemy teach us how we're supposed to spend our money. 
Are we out of our mind? You doing right? We out of our mind. We are sick people. And I'm gonna tell you something. This is my last thing. I'm gonna let them finish. Do what y'all do. And Seth, let me say again, man. I appreciate your persistence, man. Know that your labor is not in vain. That there are some people out there hearing the words that are coming out of our mouth, and that God's word does not return into Him void, but that which He attempted to accomplish, it's going to happen. Brother Purcell said that my ship was Thank coming. you, thank you. Well, guess what? We're there. We're there. 400 years. This hope. I'm talking about Revelation 17 and 18 for you religious minded people mind you get offended by everything, including the demeanor of your sons and your children, because the white man has told you to hate them. Well, the Bible says that she's a whore. And in our vernacular from the hood, we call it hope. But the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, is that the reason things are happening in this society and the culture the way it is is because the Father gave a commandment. He said, come out of her, my people, so that you're not mm-hmm. taken out of her plagues, that you're not receiving any of her curses. The curses that are from white people now in our community. Homosexuality was not a rampant thing in our community, but we have now adopted the values of those who enslaved us and continue to oppress us for 400 years. We are sick. Let me say this. You said it, brother. Let me say this. Let me say this. What? That's a good time to take a break on. The brother is LSU. Just so y'all know, is one of our one of the gentlemen that are on this show a lot. What he is saying. We have 405 shows getting more into it. So don't be offended by, like you say, the word hoe, because the Bible says whore, and then we say the hood hoe. The Bible does say she is going to fall. The Bible does say she is going to, probably like any other whore, hoe, wind up on her back. So take it what you want to. That's what the scriptures say. Listen. <laughs> on her back. <laughs> I, I don't know how that sounds to people that want to be spiritual, but the Bible actually says that Bible's going to cast going to cast this woman into a bed. And those it, it, it literally says know. what we're saying, folks. I don't know what to say. That's Revelation talks about scripture saying the Most High classing her into a, a, a bed, like, and then she's a whore that straddles straddles the water. Listen to the word straddle. Y'all know what that means. I ain't got to break that down. This and is she has made the nations of the world drunk with the wine drunk. of her fornication. There you Love go. There you go. So, so we Love talk about it. Revelation 17 and this hoe or this whore called America and how she's gonna fall and how she is falling. And the scriptures even go on to say how she's gonna fall that she's gonna fall within. And that's exactly what the businessman is doing to America. They're selling her out, putting jobs overseas. Folks, this stuff is so scripted. We go into this. We go into this. That is what the five small stones is all about. But listen, let's take a break and we'll come back to Kevin Thompson. Hold, 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 what was that? I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about the hoe. I don't want to talk about that hoe. I don't. I'm not interested in that hoe. That hoe had her foot on my neck for too long. I don't want to talk about the hoe. I want to talk about the kingdom. I want to talk about how we overcome. That's what we focus on. You're right, Brother Purcell. And you're right. Because what did Brother Kevin say? He said the kingdom of health and stuff is violence, and the violence take it by force. But the church is so busy trying to pursue a country club atmosphere that they don't understand we're in a war. You got to understand, though, that the church is not the kingdom. The church is a representative 
Well, 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 hold on, hold on, y'all get deep. Y'all theologians get deep because these young boys don't know what the kingdom is. They don't know what the hole is. Listen, 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 hold on, 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 hold the church is uh, skewed. I ain't gonna lie to you. It's 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 going out the world backwards in some in some regard. But it we really are the is. We we are the church well, though. Okay, so that's right. we don't wanna we wanna be careful. We wanna be careful how we address that. Well, we wanna well, be careful well, and we wanna make sure that we address the church in its proper perspective because the church is not the kingdom of God. The church is a representative of the king and the kingdom. We, the church is not the kingdom of God. The, chi- the kingdom of God is within us. And it's the That's glory true. of God. Hold on, everybody. Hold on, hold on, y'all. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When the brothers say the church, the church, the church is not the kingdom. The Bible says we are the church. The church is people. So it's, he's really saying it like this. Those of you that don't know what they're meaning by kingdom and church, he's saying the people is not the kingdom of God. The people is not the king, which is the most high. The people is not what the most high is doing in the realm of his power. They are just part of the kingdom. That's what uh, that's what Purcell just yeah, said, so y'all that. know that. But Quickly, Seth, like 20 Seth, seconds. Can I ask you a real quick question? I, got, I asked you a real quick question. Because I'm not going to labor and elaborate how I disagree with the brother. I'm just going to give you a scripture. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a brief example. If I live in Russia, and I hold up, let me say, let me say, let me say, if I live in Russia, and I walk into the embassy of the American embassy in Russia, and I slap the head of that embassy, an American citizen, who did I just slap, Seth? Seth Turner, who did I just slap? If you go into an American embassy and you slap somebody at the embassy? And I, I slap anybody in that embassy who's a, who's a United it's States like citizen. Who did I just slap? I just slapped the nation of America. I just slapped the United States of America. And they're going to bring every military force that they possess to let them know that when you touch Americans, you have to touch the Americans, you've touched America. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, and I'm very complaining, say, I don't be careful for nothing because I know exactly and clearly what, and I say it's not, but I always say this on the show. I make a distinction between Christianity and the church. But the fact of the matter is that the proof is in the pudding. The church is not being affected because the church is being informed by Christianity. And that's why I make the distinction there. The, the gates of hell should, should not prevail. And the bottom line is simply this, is that the Bible, the church, is a word from the Greek word that means ecclesia. That is a gathering of a body, assembly of political representatives of the nation. Whenever this nation, the president speaks of the State of the Union, every year, January the 16th, you have the House and the Senate gathered together. Why? Because not only do they represent the nation, they are the nation. We got to think that all that is just a way of assuming our responsibility. Let's let's curb this. I think what... Brother Ellis, what Brother Purcell is saying is this. It's kind of what I say all the time. And, y'all, this is how we do. Young people, Kevin, Taurus, this is how we do. We might be a little bit into some theological thought, theological Bible stuff, but y'all just bear with us. We're going to come back. We're going to bring it down down to earth. You know, brothers, just that's what we do. Because we, t- we got we to gotta talk.
talk about these things because it's real. Everything these brothers are articulating right now is real. Y'all might not know about it. I think, Kevin, you might know. I don't know what towers know. You might know more than all of us. I don't really know. I'm serious. I don't know what towers know. Okay? I'm saying this. I don't know what Kevin know. But I'm saying this. This is what we talk about on the show a lot. The kingdom, the real church. Why is it not doing what it needs to do? Purcell and I, I think we're a little bit more merciful with the church than Brother Elishua. Brother Elishua is tired of the hypocrisy. He's tired of the church being weak. He's tired of the church not having power. And he don't have, he just like going with a sword. He's tired of it. He's saying, stand I'll up, be the people you are. And, 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 and Brother Purcell is saying, wait a minute now. I go to church. I know people that's living this thing. They walk in this thing. They ain't got it together. But hey, don't, don't, don't cut, don't cut these people now. Cause we trying. We, 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 and so Brother Elishua, so I, I understand both of the brothers. But y'all, let's take a quick little break, and we're going to come right back. Y'all remember, uh, uh, who is this? Anyway, y'all y'all see, y'all going to enjoy this song. Y'all going to enjoy this song. But listen, I love it, love it, love it. This is what we do. It's not going to always be simple because the black man ain't simple. It's not going to always be some ABC answer because the, you're talking about the man that the father created. You're talking about people that really resemble the people that ran this earth for thousands of years. We are we are not simple beings. I know we all been brainwashed to think a certain way, and everybody want to be rappers, and everybody want to be this, this, but before all of this poison hit our brains, we was diverse as the colors of the world. We ran this planet. I'm going to say it again. We ran this planet. But when I say we, I have to be very careful, because that can be divisive in and of itself. White people are us. We are them. They are us with less pigmentation. It's not no we and they. We got to quit saying that. It's not we and they. They are just as much as part of Africa's history as we are. Those that we had albinos. See, here I go again. Africans, let me say it the proper way, and we're going to take this break. Africans, dark skinned people, had albinos that eventually migrated up north to begin to mix among themselves and was not able to produce that pigmentation. So, all kind of history says this. If you don't know it, it don't mean it ain't true. So those people can never be superior to us. That's why we're attacking the philosophy of white supremacy. We're not against white people because we are white people with pigmentation. They are people, black people, with no pigmentation. That's a brain twister for you. Anyway, white people are people folks. who are not a people. White people right, are meaning people when the scripture are says, when the, yeah, the Bible says, I'll provoke you to jealousy by those that are not a people, meaning they're not an ancient people. They're not, they haven't been around a long time. But anyway, we'll talk about that when we come back. <laughs> Folks, listen. Yeah, they're a mixture. Like LSU said, what he is saying, so he keep opening up these cans of worms trying to take this break. And I have to explain it and take as long as it takes this break. But the Bible says, what he is alluding to is the Bible says to Israel, I am going to provoke you to jealousy by those that are not a people. It don't mean they weren't human. It just means they weren't the ancient people like the Amorites, Jebusites. These people were mixture of people from all over because they were albinos. And the Father said he would use them in the latter time. I can make this crystal clear in some of, some of the other shows. I got a show. We have a show where we, it says this. Just simply Google Five Smooth Storm Blog Talk Radio and, and type these words in. Were whites used? to oppress the world for a season. And we go off into this in details, and you hear the love for so-called whites and so-called blacks. I'm not on no racist tip. I'm not on no down with the white man, up with the black power. That is not what I'm about. I believe they are us, we are them. So so never can swing on, never can work on this. They can never get me on that. 
I just am against white supremacy. Brother Ellis Shewitt and I are against, like Rockwallers, white supremacy, the philosophy that white people is superior in any way. I even will go as far I'm as to say that. Yes, I'm just talking about the brother, those of us that's doing the show that, that's on here all the time, a person not leading you out. But, Taurus, you and Kevin, we ain't forgot about you. When we come back, we're putting you on front street, and we got some questions for you. So, anyway, again, taking a little break here, folks. We'll be right back. This is so good, so good. I know we're getting a little deep, but just know we we, we <laughs> it's just what we do, folks. We'll be right back. Another episode of Five Smooth Star Network. I'm Brother Seth. We got co-hosts on the line tonight. Tari Smith, always from Forward, Texas. Kevin Thompson, always from Bedford, Texas. I think that's where Kevin lives now. And Purcell Porsche in Cincinnati, Ohio. And we got a caller that's been hanging on for a while, but they'll assure y'all know him. He's been on the show a thousand times. So we're just talking a little bit about relationships, black man, um, the family, the attack against his family. And um, uh, we're going to go ahead and try to switch gears a little bit because there's a lot the black men is going through. Folks, I admonish y'all to listen to the previous shows. We cannot cover 
all of the many things that we as a as a, as a people go through as men, black men, so-called black men. Um, again, I put this out saying, who are we? A lot of this we have went over in the previous shows. Um, you know, the black men are saying, who am I? Y'all know it. Y'all know he's saying that. And there's a lot of ethnic groups are saying that too. But for sure, the black man is saying it. White people don't know who they are, a lot of them. Uh, our white brothers and sisters don't know who they are. I guarantee you, if we if, if we had a caller last week, he hung up, of course. But if you ask a, a, one of our white brothers and sisters who we love, don't we love them? Don't we love them, family? Of course we do. If we ask them where they're from, they're going to say, I'm Irish, I'm French. But when we say, did you know that Africa lived thousands of years? That was Africa thrived for thousands of years before Europe wrote its first book. There was nobody living up there, no thousands and millions of people. Where are you from? Where are you from? Well, I'm from Great Britain. Really? There was nobody living up there thousands of years. With a lot of mixing, a lot of mixing, 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 people mixing, just forgetting about color. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, if we forget about color, forget about color, forget about color, and just mix with love, there can be no white race. And they used to mix a lot. Noah had three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. They mixed. Couldn't have been no white race. Hello? Couldn't have been no white race. Mr. White Man, Mr. White Lady, where are you from? This is the way I talk to white people. I make sure they know I love them and I'm not playing. I'm not playing no games. I really do love them. Part of my faith is love. That's the foundation. And when I come at them like this, this is the ultimate blow. Not shooting at them. Not talking about these crackers. Hawkies, no. Go up there with love. Only way we're going to be able to get along. And guess who taught me a lot of this? Not everything, but some of the things I'm talking to y'all right now. People like the Michael Moores of the world. Noam Chomsky of the world. A lot of white males, white men. This is the truth. You may not know about it. Don't mean it ain't real. <laughs> okay. Let's go back to the phone lines. Kevin, your line is now open. Taurus, your line is now open. Uh, Purcell, your line is now open. Now, I must say, Ella Shure, I'm going to probably have to let you go a little bit, so I'm going to get your final takes, because we do have guests, co-hosts, that have not said much, and I said I wasn't going to do that. But we have Taurus still in the house as well as uh, Kevin. So I think what I'm going to do first is go to them and ask them if they have any comments on anything that was said, and then where where did LSU go? I don't see him. I do. Hold on. Hold on. LSU. Hold on one second. Let me make sure. I don't want. I don't want to make no mistake with this brother. Earlier we lost him. Okay, private line per cell. I see. Okay, I think I think LSU hung up because I don't see him. All right. And you know what happened? You can't call up ten. So. Taurus, any comments on things you've heard, please talk up loud. Let's hear what you got to say, brother. You know why the church don't have an impact in the community anymore? That was a question. You don't think so? I said, do you know why they don't? Why? It's a good question. 
because because they're not in the trenches with the people no more. They pretty much everything like hands off. Like back in the day, the church used to be out on the forefront. Church used to be walking down the streets, getting beat, getting hosed, pretty much getting shot, getting hung, getting killed. The church members was right there on the forefront. So everybody sympathized and empathized with all of that. Now they hands off standoffish. But I just had a picnic. I'm just I'm thinking about the color purple. I'm thinking about any kind of movies we done had. I'm thinking about any kind of history lessons we done learned. They all stand office. The only thing they be upfront about, don't say nothing, is the collection place. You know, and I think that's why people gravitate away from the church rather than to the church. Because back in the day, civil rights movement and all that, the church, whenever they did marches, amen, marches like you were just talking about, everybody was forefront. But now, wow. everybody just, like I say, standoffish, and you expect it to be a big turnaround or, uh, what you say, like, uh, you say we're at war. It don't seem like we're at war. The church don't look like we're at war. So, everybody's in renegade. That's how I look at it. Huh. Interesting. Kevin, what do you have to say about that? Well, I can't, I can't agree. I can't agree with that because the church that I went to in Oak Cliff, um, they were out in the community, man. I mean, hold on, Kevin, hold on, hold on, Kevin, hold on, because I, I just for time's sake, I don't want you to talk for five minutes talking about your church, and then we realize, oh, that's not what Tommy said. He's talking about the church, so he's not talking about your church. Your church actually is one of those exceptions. Big go to schools in Dallas, but he is talking church, about. Yeah, Tommy is talking. Let him, let him talk talking about so the, so he can make his point. Say that again. Let him talk I've, so he I've, can make his point. But, but hold on, hold on, Purcell, listen, 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 listen. Hold on a he second. Well, we don't want to do that. Listen, here's what I'm saying, Purcell. Listen to what I'm saying. I don't mind. I want them to talk more than us, really, for this next few minutes. But what I'm trying to say is if he's talking about his church, that's not what Tars was saying. He's talking about the church. Now, go ahead, Kevin. So, so in my experience, and, and the churches that I've been to, plural churches that I've been to, um, there are a lot of churches that are not in the community. And when you go to the church, yeah, they they trying to take two two offering plates. I've been to those churches. There are some churches out here that uh, that are doing good in the community, which is why I brought up that church. I actually don't even go to that church anymore. But when I was going there, I saw what they were doing in the community. So it wasn't all talk, and it wasn't about the money. But I think a lot of times we distance ourselves from the church, and we come up with reasons why not to go, and we overgeneralize based off of what we're seeing in the seeing on television. If we allow the the television to dictate what's really going on in the community, then we at a loss. You know what I mean? So I think we have to we have to take the courage to get out there and go to these different churches and say, okay, I, I went to this church, they all about the money. Let me find another church. Okay, I went to this church. Okay, they doing a little bit in the community. Let me go check out this church and see if they doing a little bit more. And then once I find a church that's actually serving the community, that's the church I choose to stay in. But for me not to go to church, I'm putting myself at a di- at a deficit especially a spiritual growth, because iron sharpens iron. If all I'm getting is my, my wife's opinion about what scriptures say, we ain't going to grow. 
I need to be surrounded by other men. Like we having this conversation right now, I need to be surrounded by other men who's going to point out some of the things that I do that may be counter, counterintuitive to my growth. And so the only way that I can do that is I have to get outside of myself. I have to get away from my family because my family ain't going to tell me everything. They go sugarcoat it a little bit because they love me too much. I have to get away from my family. I have to get around men who really don't know me, but that's going to be authentic with me and help me to grow. And the best way to do that is to get in church. Powerful, powerful. And, and remember, everybody, we did on part one and two, which is another, which is why we're going to hit this church thing too much longer because on part one and two, we hit hard. 25 reasons you can't miss church. And I didn't go through all 25, but Kevin just named the main one I was hitting, and that is fellowship. You're right. You cannot grow. You cannot grow. One thing I'm learning about a lot of black males now, all black males don't fit in this mode. We're all we very shades, different types of mindset. But one thing I'm noticing, a lot of these boys in the hood that's acting up, a lot of times they don't go no no past they they need little area. They don't travel. You know, and traveling is good, but, but what Kevin is saying is, is fellowshipping. Get around people that's different than you. Get about around people that think different than you. I remember when I was in high school and I was tired of living that life and I was getting ready to graduate and I knew that I didn't want to be a failure. First thing I did was drop my friends. I learned that a long time ago. Drop your friends. Go around somebody that you may not even care for that, you know. See, listen, this is what I learned. This is, this is real quick. There's things you can learn from Indian people. You might not like the way they food smell. You might not like the way they talk. Just go around them because they're not stupid. They're God's creatures too. Why do they want to do what they do? How come they don't want to sit around and do what you do? And you got to go around other people. I remember my stepfather, Billy. I was trying to share with Billy, my stepfather, who I respect dearly, I was trying to show him that he was in a bubble. Now, Billy, Billy knows circles around me, and so, you know, I was trying to respect him and give him the honor, but I was still trying to tell him he was in a bubble. I say, Billy, you only know certain people in the church. And I say, let me name these names. You know Kenneth Copeland? He said, yeah. You know Kenneth Hagan? He said, yeah. You know Harry Caldwell? Caldwell uh, Harry Caldwell? He said, yeah. I say, you know Oral Roberts? He said, yeah. I named everybody. He said, yeah. I started naming another group. I said, do you know Ivan Van Sertum? He said, no. You know Cornell West? Well, I know him. Okay. Do you know uh, Dr. Ben? No. And I started naming all these black people that's teachers in all these powerful institutions that are the forerunners, the greatest minds of our time. I started naming them and naming them. He said, I don't know them. I don't know them. I don't know their name. No, 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 no. And after I named about 20 people, he recognized some. You're right. I said, you're in the bubble. You're only around the TBN, Daystar, Christian television people. And then there's another right. bubble. There's the there's the, the Egyptology people. They all in the bubble. Hotep. Hotep. They just all down with Egypt. And then if our brother, and we got our brother still on the line, from uh, Ivan from Tulsa, uh, a lot of the people in Islam. Now, one thing I have to say about the Muslims, the, the, the church, the nation of Islam, they seem to be a little versatile. They can they can quote the church, just like Farrakhan, he quotes the, the Quran. So I have to give them pointers as far as being a little bit open, more open. But a lot of them sometimes can get caught up into a sect, too, where they only listen to the Muslims. So what I do, when I want news, I go listen to the enemy of the United States. Why am I going to listen to an ally of the United States tell me the news? You want to know what's going on? When you find two kids fighting, what do you do? You say to them, stop fighting. Okay, now tell me what happened, Johnny. Okay, now tell me what happened, Mike. 
You don't break up the fight and say, but then what happened, Johnny? Okay, what else happened, Johnny? Okay, what else happened, Johnny? All right, I'm about to punish Mike. You don't do that. I want to know what Bin Laden is saying. To heck with ABC, NBC. What is Bin Laden saying? Let me hear what the enemies of, of America is saying. Let me hear what Islam is saying. I want to hear what the enemies of Christianity is saying. Why? Why do y'all hate Christianity? And that's where the education come from. You find now that, oh, my God, we are all the same. We are all the same. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my goodness, we are all the same. God, I can't believe it. You've been lying. That's how I found now we didn't know nothing about the world. We had, we were miseducated. That's how I know we found now we was white supremacist, Kevin, Taurus, Purcell. I found now when I listened to other cultures. When I found out, go ahead, Purcell, go ahead. No, that's not me. That's that's Taurus. That's Taurus. Go ahead, Taurus. You know what that is? You know what that is? Say you got a bucket of water, right? It it doesn't disturb the bucket of water. The water calm, ain't it? But right. the devil is the master of confusion. So if you drop a pebble in it, you just blow on it a little bit. You cause ripples in that water. So when the water disturbs, it's a whole lot of confusion. That's all that is. Everybody on the same agenda. It's just a communication problem. Right. That's all That's it the way is. To look you know, in you know, funny thing, like going back to what Tara saying as far as the church being in the community, you know, um, okay, so say you got a kid, right? who 12, 13 years old, his mom was kicking him out whenever she'd get upset. She didn't know how to deal with him. So she would just kick him out. So he ended up sleeping on the street, right? And I'm telling you this from, from history, from true stories. So the kid is kicked out of the house at 13 years old. He's sleeping in the bushes trying to stay warm during the cold season. Every now and again, his mom would forgive him and let him back in. So he grew up like this. So you try to come to this kid and, and his mom is going to church every Sunday. Like, they, they in church faithfully. And you try to tell the kid to trust God, going back to you, you talking about the youth. You, you tell this kid to trust God. Hold on. The, the God that gave me this mom, dad wasn't there, gave me this mom who would throw me away as soon as I pissed her off. You want me to trust that God. And so now, growing up, this kid has a complex. I'm trying to learn how to trust God when the only thing that I know is what I see. So I need to learn how to trust this God who I've never seen, but all God has ever given me was misery. So I have to grow up and learn how to get out of this misery. And I'm trying to, I can't even accept what the preacher is telling me. If my own mama would throw me away and didn't show me no love, how can I expect anybody else to show me love or truly love me? So I have a, what they call insecurity in relationships. So that's one thing. And then you're telling me I have to build this relationship with this God. Is this the same God that gave me that mom that threw me away? Or, or is it a different God? And then we talk about white supremacy and Jesus, you know, you go to a lot of churches, Jesus is white. So it's like, hold on, <laughs> you want me to trust this God? <laughs> First of all, if he's black or white, doesn't matter to me. But you want me to trust this guy. So when you're talking about the youth, especially in the hoods, like we, we, we're put in these situations where we don't have nothing. And people are talking, you know, trust God, trust God, but all we see around us is misery. And then you want me to go to church. <laughs> it's like I need, I need to be shown some type of love for me to even accept the message that you're trying to get to me. 
And then I have to be shown that love consistently for numerous of years before I can even trust you to believe what it is coming out of your mouth. So that's a struggle. And so, you know, being educated is very important, but a lot of young people nowadays, education is the last thing on their mind. You know, I work at a homeless shelter, and every single day I talk to people, and their whole mind state is is panic. Like, I got to get out of this situation, and I don't know how. And you're trying to talk to me about some God. Like, show me how to get out of this situation first. So it's a struggle, you know, and, and I think a lot of times people are trying to reach the youth, and they're coming with this Bible, they're coming with this Christianity, they're coming with this Quran or whatever they're coming with, but they're not coming with the love that we need in order to be reached. And that's where the struggle is. So we're talking about bringing up the youth. The devil controls the youth. You know, he who controls the youth controls the future. That was Hitler. So the devil got the youth. And the youth needs to be shown love, and we're not getting that. And so that's what the struggle, I think that's where the disconnect is, especially in the communities. So the churches can go out there and do what they do, but they have to be consistent with it. And that lack of consistency will keep us falling back to our old behavior because that's the only thing that works. Well, let me say this. I'm tempted to do a part four. Uh, because y'all, we're just not covering all these topics, and we're doing a good job. We're we're doing a good job. I mean, I, uh, Kevin, that was good. Taurus before, that was really good. Y'all swinging, and I knew this would happen to y'all. Y'all waking up now. LSU came on there with the trumpet, but y'all see that's what we want more of Kevin, more of Taurus for sure. So. Uh, I just think we got to do another show where y'all can be a little bit more freer. And uh, I don't know if y'all can do that or not, but I think we really should because, again, we want to we want to nail it down a little bit stronger. Where is God? That's what they're saying. And, and, and Kevin, that was really insightful. I mean, I'm going to have to go with you on some of those things you were saying. What was that, Purcell? Uh, I said that was the bomb. That was absolutely the bomb because that's the bridge. Yeah. That's what yeah, that, that's bo- and Taurus actually started this with saying, you know, the churches just, they're not like they were in the 60s and so forth. So I think we have to hit this a little harder because we hit the church already once before. I want to address this money, get money faster. I, I got a question I was going to ask both of y'all, everybody, LSU, of course, left. Maybe he'll be on as a guest next time. I don't know. But I like y'all. I, I like the two of y'all young boy, young men or younger men. Y'all not young, young, but... I was, I was. Somebody told me this, and I want to ask. I don't want y'all to get into it now. We don't have time. We got to wrap this show up. We got to do a part four. But this person said to me about the show, "I'm not a black man." He said, "I'm not a black man." Mm-hmm. He said, "I'm a new creature in Christ." He rejected this whole thing like we all tripping. And I want him to call the show. He didn't call the show. Even people like that never call the show. And I'm like that, too. I believe I'm not a black man as far as my spiritual identity. And that really, brothers and sisters, is what we're supposed to be walking in. We're supposed to be walking in and conscious of Taurus, Kevin, Purcell, callers. We're supposed to be conscious of what Christ did through dying on the cross, obeying the Father and dying on the cross and shedding his blood. We became a new man. 
Right. And when we can because you can't approach the Father based on your work. Everybody want to work and do something good and then feel like they can pray. And they, now they feel good because they went and fed 100,000 people or something. No, 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 no. No matter what you do, deeds-wise, and you should do those deeds, that is not going to get you one iota closer in terms of marriage with the Father. We're supposed to do good deeds because we are already made righteous. You don't do deeds to get righteous. You do deeds because he made you righteous made you righteous if you are in Christ. If you have fought the Father and, and believe the report that Christ has given through the scriptures. And the Bible says that you can't even do that unless he draw you. So brothers and sisters, those of you listening and saying, Well, what is my survival skills? It's starting with we keep we, we can't get away from the Bible. I know we owe the people and you know, but y'all I'm serious. I'm so serious. There is no other way. You just can't go seeking money. Sex, position, fame. Look at these famous people, they screwed up. Most of them have six marriages. The most famous people act up the most. The most richest people cause the most problems in our world. Our world is in a situation in, not totally by them, but they are causing a lot of pain in our world. Rich people. You would think they would get their money, go somewhere, sit down, and enjoy the world. No. They want to control you. So my point is, and it looks like Percy L. dropped. My goodness. Tag on it. Tyler said he dropped too. Why? Did he say he wanted? Yeah, he said he uh, he hung him up. Huh. Well, oh my goodness. Well, t- do my favor, Kevin, and comment on what what you have, what you've heard so far. And I'm gonna try to get them back and uh, just go ahead and comment on what you've heard so far while I work on this, please. Man, I, I think it's uh, this is a good form, man. Hey, how you doing, man? I think it's a good form, man. Uh, what what y'all have going on uh, as far as this radio station and and uh, what what you're talking about? I think it's very important that we we as a people, not just black people or any any other race of people, but just people in general, um, we continue to to try to reach out and make the world a better place in, in the aspect of love. I don't I mean love is always uh, what I mean, you know, because I think at the end of the day. We might be 99% um, sure of what it is that we believe in. But there's all the, always that 1% doubt. So I think we have to lean back on love. What does love mean? What is true love? Uh, what does it look like? And, and reaching out to a society of people who, who, who don't have what we have or wasn't blessed to, to be in what we've been in. Um, you know, I, like I said, I talk to people every day who... Uh, who were who were raised in abusive homes, families that just throwing them away. So, I think those those people uh, who make make the bulk of our society, man. Even in churches, when I'm in small groups, I hear people talk about how their family messed them up. You know, we all come from. They say 85 percent of America come from uh, uh, dysfunctional families. So, we need to be shown what love is. And if someone claims to be a Christian, I think it's very important that that person really understand what love is before they go out and start preaching and be a representation of that love versus just being a walking Bible, you know, because that's cool, you know, scripture, but, you know, where's your love at? 
at school you got the doctrine, you know, you you got the theology down, but where's the love at? That's, I don't need theology, I need love. Well, and I think that's something I struggle with as a kid growing up, is just not not really feeling that. You know, when I go to church and I listen to preachers and I talk to people outside of it, like I didn't I didn't feel that love. So I think that's something that we lack as far as Christianity and being consistent. Consistency is very well, important. Well, I would say this about, you know, I don't know if you're talking about just black men in general or your mother personally or just men, what they go through, whatever. But as far as people, we have to be very grateful for our parents because they could have had an abortion. They could have been whoring. It could have been worse. Everybody's parent, everybody can say their parent was not equal, equal to God's love. Everybody. And there are people that are presidents over countries whose mother wasn't there at all. There are people that are great preachers whose mama wasn't there at all. And if you don't have a daddy there, and it's just mama there, you you are really blessed. And mama gets more points, and my my mother gets more points, even though she did some things that I know wasn't the love of God. But because there wasn't a man there, my mother could do no wrong in my eyes. That's how I look at it. My mother, Irene Rhymes, my mother, family and friend, that's my mother's name, can do no wrong. Because there wasn't a man there to help her. So she had to carry her load, and she had to try to fulfill or find men to fulfill the male load. And if you never had kids, and six kids, and it's just you and all those kids are peanated and strong-willed kids. There's people that kill themselves over situations like that. So my mother, I'm never going to say she didn't have no this, this, this. You heard me talk about her saying shaping our nose earlier. I'll say that. But I think my mother's right there near Mary. Now, did she always walk in the love of the Father? No. No. Am I retarded in some ways because of my mother' inconsistency? Yes. Do I suffer in life because of some of the more my mother? Yes. But I'm not going to have nothing to say about that because she didn't have to do what she did. She didn't have to put us in church. She didn't have to put a whip into my behind trying to straighten me out, and I'm going against her. We're giving her a hard time, driving her crazy. Unless I, if I was an obedient little child, did everything my mother say, and then I turned out bad because my mother wasn't there, she was in the streets, then I would blame my mother. But if I'm a, if I'm a strong, wheel buck kind of a boy, and I'm doing everything she tell me not to do, and I'm getting all, I'm not gonna say nothing about my mother. That's just me. Especially once I get grown and understand. Hold on, one, one, one more thing. Especially once I come into Christ. And I realize it's my responsibility now. Now I can change anything that anybody have done to me. I'm no longer be talking about my, my dad, who I befriended him. He just died, my biological dad. He wasn't there at all. I mean, he wasn't there at all. Again, I don't know who he was talking about, Kevin. But I'm saying my dad wasn't there at all, and I just befriended him. He can do no wrong. I'm not going to sit on this line and talk about my dad. He wasn't there at all. Other than, that, other than me saying that, that's all y'all won't get. Why? I was talking about the He's my the biological youth. bloodline. He brought me here. 
If it wasn't no him, it wouldn't be no me. So I guess what I'm trying to say is once you get a certain age, you know God. He's going to reveal whatever you need. Keep talking about you didn't get this, you didn't get that, and that's why. That's, that's kind of weak. You have to say, I'm with God now. What I don't have, he's going to put in me. What I like, he's going to give me. Yes, I'm not totally fixed yet, but I'm going to walk with the Father, and he's going to walk with me, and we're going to do this. And when you see your relatives, those of you that are experiencing what Kevin is saying, you thank them for their labor, for their hard work, for all their weapons of trying to straighten you out when you was a rebel, when you was acting up. That's how I look at that. But, again, there's Kevin's perspective, and this is my perspective. So, you know, y'all follow the Holy Spirit. But, again, all of this pain that we went through in our childhood, at some point we got we got to just forgive those people and say, you know what? They did the best they could under the circumstance. People are how do you forgive them? How do you forgive them? So you gotta you understand look at that. I talk to I talk to the homeless every day. That's my job. So every single day I'm thinking, my mind is always working, how can I show this person love because of what they went through? And I what I find is that and I and I see this a lot. Um when I, when people we hire people on who come up there and work, they have a certain mentality that you 40 years old, you 50 years old, you should have it figured out already. Why are you up there? But that's just not the case, especially when you sit down and you talk with people who are experiencing homelessness. What you find is that people have not learned how to forgive. Luckily for me, I was able to learn that process and able to grow from it. And I've been able to accomplish so much over the last five, six years because of that. But I'm talking about the people out there who haven't learned this process because it's so easy to say well, well, you have to forgive. But let, let me tell you how you know, I forgive. And I'm only, I'm only, I'm only cutting you now, time-wise, because I'm about to wrap up the show and get to work. So forgive me now, everybody, for me kind of be a little short because I got to wrap the show in less than five minutes because I got to get out of here. But Kevin, I hope that you come on. I think we're gonna do a part four. We have to do a part four. We didn't cover money, and that's major. We didn't cover a lot of other things we mentioned in the show description. Let me just say this real quick. The number one way I learned to forgive is very simple. I don't know if any of you struggle with what Kevin is saying because he's on something very, very strong. And that's not even in our show description. Kevin is bringing up something that's very real. This is why I don't look at my mother and saying nothing about what she didn't do. Because I know her heart. I know her heart. I know her heart. Somebody can walk up to me and trip me and I can fall. Hold on, hold on. Let me get this out. Somebody can walk up to me and trip me and I can fall and hit the ground. Did they cause me problems? Yes. Did they cause me pain? Yes. I don't even have to go to the hospital. But I'm going to, on that ground, look and see what was their intention. If they did it on purpose, I got an enemy on my hand. If they just did it accidentally, they might come to the hospital and be my best friend. And they tripped me and caused me a $20,000 bill. My mother loved us. My mother sacrificed for us. Your mother sacrificed for you. I don't know if you're talking about your mother or not, but just for instance, using your mother, for instance, I remember your mother, and some of you out there can identify with this situation. You know people that sacrifice for their kids. I mean sacrifice, but then after a while they ran out of energy because it was just them, and they got tired. Mama got tired. 
I remember she used to get short with me. I remember her calling me a name one time. She 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 just was mad, angry. Parents get that way. How do you mean how do I feel? How does anybody feel when when somebody's abusing you no, or somebody say, does something wrong? How do you forgive? You say you let me tell you how I forgive. Uh, how I forgive. Let me get to the Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The way I forgive is I recognize she didn't mean it. She didn't mean to hurt me. That's how I forgive. And let's just say she did mean to hurt me. Right. Let's say she did mean to hurt me. The guy did mean to shoot me when he robbed me. I gave him the money and he still shot me and now I can't walk or something. The way you mm-hmm. forgive is you recognize that it wasn't him. It was an evil spirit behind him or it was misinformation. Him thinking he's no good and I nobody give a F about me. I don't give a F about society. Lies, deception, and ignorance that come from the enemy that's working inside of his mind, that's why he shot me. And because I know what I just said to be a true reality in every situation of crime, murder, all these things, this is how I can forgive. Because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Why are you going to hold bitterness against flesh and blood then? Kevin, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Well, why are you going to hold bitterness against flesh and blood then? Kevin, again, Callers, those of you still on the phone line, still in the chat room, I'm going to say this again. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Well, if we wrestle not against flesh and blood, why are you blaming flesh and blood? It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Principalities, there you go, that goes your enemy right there. Spiritual wickedness, that goes your enemy right there. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, how do you explain that to someone who knows not of the scriptures, who didn't grow up in a spiritual atmosphere, because it has to be uh, applicable to people who don't know what Christ is. Well, I explain it to them, Kevin. I explain it to them just like I did to the callers. I let them know, and they may say, well, man, that sounds effed up, or that sounds this, or that sound. I said, well, you might not understand understand what I just said, but uh, I might say, you may not understand it. You may not understand it, uh, person. Uh, but it don't mean it ain't true. I say the Bible says in Ephesians 6. Hold on. i got to wrap this show up, Kevin. So I'm just going to say something. I'm going to wrap this show up. This is how I tell them. I don't care who they are. They never heard of the Bible at all. I say there is a book. It's a holy book. It is stood the test of time. And it talks about how people, good, loving people, can be influenced by evil spirits and weird doctrines and crazy thoughts, and they will do evil things to you when this happens. And they do things, they kill people, they molest babies, they burn up. I mean, I just talk about the evils of man being spiritual warfare. And I let them know if that's what is driving your mother to do what she did to you or that man to do what he did to you in in your bedroom or whatever, your father or whatever, then you got to understand it's not him. If it's not him, why are you holding it against him? That's why I don't believe in the death penalty. You can't kill evil. You can't electrocute evil. Those people either have wrong information in their head that's got them dysfunctioning, acting out, or they have evil spirits. You go put them in a frying chair, or you put them into prison for life. You you can't you can't lock up you can't lock up uh, 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 evil. So that's how you're able to forgive. That's how I was able to forgive my father. And he finally told me with his own ears, my biological father. He said. 
I wasn't there because I was trying to, you know, fight civil rights. I was out there, and he, to this day, everybody knew him. He was fighting civil rights to the day he died. Everybody knew him in the city of Fort Worth. Brought, he brought a lot of stuff to Fort Worth. Well, you never know, because he was a no-name person. It's not an excuse, a good enough excuse to me, Kevin, but at least I understand he was trying. It was wrong to not be there for Mama. What if, what if you lack understanding? It's kind of hard you to like make it absolute. Because, I mean, you're saying it. You're talking from a person who has intelligence. And I'm talking to you about people who don't have that intelligence. They don't have that spiritual awakening, that spiritual well, mindset. Well, let me explain. So let, we're trying let me explain. To I'm only cutting you off because we got like, no time. Yeah. Kevin, yeah. hold on a second. I'm only cutting you off because mm-hmm. we have no time. Let me just say this to you. Working at the center there. If they don't know and they look at you like they saw a ghost, like they never heard this, I would just say, let's spend more time. Let's have coffee tomorrow. We'll talk more about this. I'll show the scripture. If they see the scripture and they still don't believe, they still don't understand, I'll go over and I'll go over and I'll go over and I'll go over until they see. I will also be asking the Father to reveal his word to them so they can forgive. Kevin, it is not that difficult if people really yeah. want to be free. If they're looking for a fight, if they're looking for a fight, if they're looking for a debate, then no, you're going to go back and forth forever. But if, if people say, I, I want to forgive, but I don't know how, let them know, well, who did to, who did this to you? My mama. She left us on the street and she went, what did she go do? She went whoring. Well, why did she go whoring? She need money. Why did she need money? I mean, you just keep asking. This is what counselors are known for. This is what they do. So this is how I was able to forgive my daddy and forgive my mom for everything she said. And now my mother, I respect her more than I do my father because my mother just did so much to try to help us. She just couldn't. But I'm not going to be somewhere still talking you, about. So anyway. When you, have, when you have your next show, call me because I'll explain to you how the, the process of forgiveness really works where it's applicable to people who are not believers, people who may be atheists or agnostic. It works for every single person. And you don't necessarily have to throw a scripture at them because a lot of people run from that. So I have to show them first that I love them, and then we can talk about Christ when God stirs their heart up to do so. But they can still learn to forgive without throwing scripture at them because that's where the confusion comes. I can't even hear you if I don't even know what love is. You're talking to me about God. So, yeah, the next time you have a show, man, I'll explain to to the, to the listeners, the process of forgiveness, because there is a process to it. It's not just simply saying, okay, let me figure out why this person did this. Let me figure out how to forgive this person, irregardless of why, whatever reason that they did what they did, and then I can grow from that. And I think that's what well, is is really what's missing. But there's you, a process You can do that. Listen, not, you keep talking. Hold on, hold on a second. You, you, gotta, you don't understand. I keep saying it. We have no time. So listen, You can come on. You can come on. Not a problem. I'm not going to hold you up, but we're way over time. You can come on. You can come on. I know I'm talking to. You can come on. I have no problem with that, but we got to wrap the show up. And maybe that's what worked for you. If you're telling me I need to know what you just said to forgive, I don't know what to tell you because I didn't use that. I'm telling you, I needed to see something other than the person that was offending me. And I'm telling everybody on the sound of my voice, just like you're sharing what you're sharing, I'll equally say we're on the same level. I would say this. What worked for me is what I shared. I kept seeing the people that are doing me wrong as the evil, as the enemy. They're not. If they knew better, they would do better. 
That baby would not have been right. left on that care by that mother if she'd have known better. So as an adult, you got to understand my mother was a crackhead. My mother was a this. My daddy had low self-esteem. We're in white supremacist America. Again, survival skills for black men in white supremacist America. We're fighting all these, these crazy lies about us. We're misfunctioning. We're dysfunctioning because of where we're at and who we are. We don't know who we are. So we're going to be doing crazy stuff. That's what happened for me. But if you got another way, man, please come on next week. Again, family and friends, we've been. Uh, I really appreciate y'all staying. Still, we got a, strong, a line full of people. Chat room is open. Uh, phone lines are still with, with, with quite a few people, and I got it up the ship. So y'all forgive me for kind of talking fast. But, Kevin, listen, I'm going to let you go. I really appreciate you coming on the show, and we'll look for you in part. This, this, I said final part. I got to go and change it. So we're going to do another part next week. Okay? Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you calling. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, uh, nephew, and I'll talk to you later. Right. Uh, don't hang up, though. Don't hang up because I got a, little, a song I want you to hear. I think you're going to be blessed by this. And, and all the rest of you, do not hang up. Do not hang up. Y'all know I always put a lot in that first song and in the last song. The name of this song is called No One Knows. This is talking about how you'll like this, uh, family and friends, because it's talking about you. It's talking about you, Sinatch, a Nigerian praise and worship leader. It's talking about no one knows the relationship that you got with the Most High. Y'all check this out. Again, you've been listening to the Five Smooth Stone Network. If I can slow down here. You've been listening to the Five Smooth Stone Network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Brother Seth. As I say so often every single show, I love every single one of y'all. I'm not playing. I love every single one of you, all ethnic groups. You are loved by this brother right here, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. There will be a part four. We have not scratched the surface. There may be even a part five. I don't know. I know at some point we got to talk about these feast days that's coming up because the Hebrew New Year is upon us, and we believe we are Israel. So anyway, here's the notch. No one knows. Good night.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.